When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's just going to be mush. Yeah. Exactly. I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> because, but if he hooked out while they're having intercourse, she's dead. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from mm. Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> we kept it simple, stupid. Um, <laughs> simple, comma, stupid. That's right. Uh, so we, we, we just watched uh, Infinity War and decided to let's talk about the Marvel uh, universe as a whole, the whole 19 movies that have come out. Yeah. Wakanda forever! Truth is, I am Iron Man. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Dance off, bro. Me and you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Language. Is that number right? Because I know I keep fudging it every time I, I bring yes, it up. Yes, it's it, 19. It, and this one, Infinity War is the 19th? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, They couldn't I, have just made it 20? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Although, I, I like things to be tidy. That brings something, that brings something up uh, that I, that I kind of wanted to bring up during the Infinity War minipod was that uh, it would have been nice, maybe, and I think they could have done well with it, to come up with a a Thanos movie. Oh, now this was. Oh, I this, think so too. This was a Thanos. This was Thanos's movie, right. sure, but it wasn't the Thanos movie right. or anything like that. And I feel like we could have gotten a lot of things, and they could have done. I mean, I who knows? And then maybe they, maybe they didn't think about it. Maybe they did think about it, but they couldn't get everybody together to make it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But it feels like it would have been nice to see all the things leading up to what they just throw you into yeah on uh infinity war the the attack on xandar mm-hmm. and attack on and and uh figuring out what his motivations are and all that we had been 
seeing him in just in credit scenes yeah, and just one floating around one brief moment of guardians of the galaxy and and just uh some little things you're like okay we know he wants the stones but why hasn't he done it yet we could have gotten a little more mileage out of glenn close and john c Riley. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's true yeah right yeah <laughs> no i mean that's that's why that was one of my reservations with infinity war and this is no spoiler for infinity war is they ask you to really buy into this emotional impact for him that I didn't completely buy into because I didn't have that backstory. Well, We've just seen him be, like, villainous, and that's it. This is a very interesting thing that I heard after we did our, our mini-pod was uh, I went and listened to uh, Aaron Sifpop, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the spoiler version of it or whatever, because that's where they go really down and deep into it. Um, they had uh, he they had some somebody on there who's like a comic books fan and everything, and he didn't like Thanos in this because the whole motivation for Thanos, you know, doing what he does in that is that he's trying to impress Death, oh. and and so in like the in the comics, right. whereas they take that out of this and just say this is his lone motivation. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit, I, I've talked about this before with Lord of the Rings in the mm. movies where Gandalf sees the ring and he sees Sauron's eye and all this other bullshit. Yeah. And then he goes off and researches. Yeah. Whereas in the book, he doesn't touch it or even come close to touching it and says, I better not try to touch it, Yeah. but I will go and like investigate hmm. and, and everything to, to take that one tiny thing out of Lord of the Rings sort of like changes a lot of the whole reasons why people do this stuff you mm-hmm. can keep the action in there but if you don't have those tiny reasons in there sometimes you're like why he already knows what the fucking ring is mm-hmm. but uh same same here like his motivations in here almost fall apart because there's yeah. no and, and and this is coming from somebody who really really enjoyed the mm-hmm. uh his motivations sort of fall apart there uh, because you're like, hey, there's a million things he could do. And we talked about it in, in the, uh, the mini-pod. Um, anyway, where do we want to start on this whole MCU thing? Do we want to go to Iron Man and where it all started? And I think we should. Yeah. Or uh, maybe even the Incredible Hulk. Well, uh, we could go with Iron Man. Iron Man was, was the that first. came out before Incredible Hulk. But I think what's crazy is that Iron Man holds up, at least for me, and I think you guys, as one of the best MCU movies still after 10 years. Yeah, it still does for me. Um, it's funny because we, in the mini pod, Chris was talking about how this is this is probably the best comic book adaptation for him since Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what would be my favorite MCU? Because I didn't connect to it quite like that. And if, I'm, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick my favorite MCU or the best MCU film, it would probably come down to either Iron Man or Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Maybe Spider-Man Homecoming for me just because... Something about that hits a sweet spot yeah, for me. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were hitting it out of the park back with the very first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we said this before when we discussed the year, but it's insane to me that Iron Man and Dark Knight came out the same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insane, because we did not appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. We, back, back in 2008, we were not aware of what was happening. Was it right around the same time that they came out? Yeah, Iron Man came out in May of that year, mm-hmm. and then Dark Knight came out in June, I believe. Wow. And then uh, Incredible Hulk came out in July wow that's crazy um, i think that's how that went um but uh yeah that was and all of them did very well obviously mm. iron man was uh, i think ended up hitting 400 million surprisingly of course because yeah. john favreau robert downey jr and, and the, iron suit the talk leading up to it was that the effects look terrible and I, who's iron man and yeah. 
all that and uh, oh he's just their marvel's version of batman right yeah. <laughs> plenty of different ways to dismiss it but uh that first iron that first iron man has so many cool things in it him in the cave is probably one of the best sequences in all of the MCU, it's Ooh. almost been lost to time because you think about the I am Iron Man, you think about Obadiah Stone and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that uh, that cave s- sequence is genuinely terrifying at mm-hmm. times. I mean, he's being held hostage by militants. Yeah, and the, like you you sense there's actual danger in each of those scenes, where they, especially when they come in and and question him. Well, and he's also he's got the shrapnel in his heart or right. whatever like he, he is literally inching closer to death mm-hmm. so he's got he's got to build this for multiple reasons so to survive and also escape right um yeah there's a sort of a there's nothing else quite like that is there no because like we could have gotten some of that with spider-man like and we did with toby Maguire's version of him like making his own suit and i guess we see peter parker's homemade suit mm-hmm. in homecoming uh, but we never really see him like making it putting mm-hmm. it together this is like the only hero in the mcu that we really get to see the true origins of the like the suit, if yeah. you will, um, and so that's kind of unique and uh, a great way to show off exactly how smart this guy is. Yeah. Um, you Tony know. Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> yeah. Spare parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges, man. He yeah, the the uh, unequal Jeff Bridges, man. <laughs> and that guy, he can chew into some some really like you know he read this. This is kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, crazy? I actually like him as a villain in this movie. I yeah. think the whole chummy thing that he does, he brings a little bit of weight to the performance. I know. There's been better villains, especially recently, but I think he's he's very believable. His motivations are yeah. Uh, well, he, he all this time this the Stark Industries and everything have been making weapons and selling them willy nilly to whoever. Yeah, making a fuck ton of money, making too. a fuck ton of money, and and uh, now suddenly this guy has sort of what a you would call a religious experience in mm-hmm. a cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, and says we're gonna just we're gonna shut that down because I see the weapons that we make are are destroying the world, and so like it, yeah. That, but although I do wonder something about Iron Man, this was probably what I would put under curious moments, and I'm not sure if I I when I did this I would I went back and wrote the plot down for the movie and like came up with curious moments and stuff like that. They're ready to kill him before he even makes that decision. So there, it, it's it. I Who don't is, know. Stone is? Yeah, because oh, okay. the whole thing is set up for him. He sets up that that terrorist group uh-huh. to shoot down the jeeps and everything. As he after he he uh, shows that big huge weapon and uh-huh. everything. So that plot is in motion before he even gets back and says, "I want to do this." So I'm wondering, was there was he having some sort of doubt before? all of that i don't think the movie says one way or another it might not he may just want to take over sole ownership of it, the, it, the it could just be greed yeah. yeah but then when by the time he comes back and says we're not doing this anymore he's like all right let's accelerate mm. it yeah it could just be pure greed mm. and everything um but uh, i i do think i don't think i wrote that down yeah the only only curious moment i wrote down for iron man is that how how obadiah gets into the new suit and it's suddenly just jesus in it yeah he knows exactly how to work it in every way. Isn't there a part where he's like quiet as fuck until he like reveals himself? And uh, I feel like I, I feel like I remember thinking, how the fuck is no one here? This giant ass <laughs> guy walking around before he reveals himself. He's oh, hiding, yeah. hiding behind the chains or something. I think so. Something like that. I can't remember one way or the other, but I know that I know that they show painstakingly Tony like 
practicing in the suit and having all sorts of failures and everything like that. And they can't even get their suit ready because they can't build that arc reactor thing. Mm -hmm. They can't even build that thing. And that's where that whole, he built this in a cave, (laughs) you know, and all that came from. So how does he get in there and like suddenly I know how to fly and I know how to do all this and that and everything. That is very curious. Uh, So that was my curious moment. He's no spring chicken either. No, (laughs) no. And of course, here's a here's a classic thing. Now, this doesn't happen as much as I thought. Uh, in the over the entire course of the MCU, it seems like there's a lot of the same versus same final battles and everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this case, it is a guy who has built an even stronger suit than even Tony has built and everything. It, his suit is better than Tony's all mm. the way through this final battle. But of course, what tends to happen in these same versus same battles is not only is the enemy uh, better or has or better suited to beat that beat the the good guy. But it usually ends up being your wits that, mm-hmm. in, in this case, it was... With only our wit and will to defend us. Sorry. <laughs> There's that one line Samuel Jackson says in one of those goddamn movies. I think it's Age of Ultron. <laughs> so here we are, with only our wit and will to protect us. Every time I think of the word wit, I think of that scene and I want <laughs> to die. Sorry. Um, I didn't mean to curtail things. <laughs> but the, he ends up winning because he they fly up into the atmosphere and the, the whole freezing over thing yeah. happens and everything. That's sort of the main reason why he ends up winning. But yeah, Iron Man is all, all around solid. Just a solid movie. What this did, and I guess it's a blueprint for the success and the homogeneity too, is that they took a, like a, a weird choice at director and he mm-hmm. knocked it out of the park and they... They did that through. They do that throughout the the universe. Of course, the the famous example of it not working out is Edgar Wright, but like Kenneth Branagh and you know yeah. James Gunn and like all these like bizarre choices for directors tend to work out for them. And it's almost like they curtail them towards the the latter part of it, and, and that's why you get the Marvel look. But taking a swing on these like innovators, I think, is what is what pays off in the long run. Yeah, even the Russo brothers. Um. Yeah, and uh, so. Uh, this is, of course, this is the one that starts it all. The end credits is Nick Fury telling uh, Tony about the Avengers Initiative, and mm-hmm. and so that's that's the thing like that got people going. Whoa, are are you serious? The Avengers is going to be a made into a movie at some point. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> um, I wrote down all that stuff. I wrote all the end credit scenes, and I wrote down the Stan Lee cameos. Ah, uh, nice. So Stan Lee's cameo here is that Tony confuses him with Hugh Hefner. That's the uh, the yeah. There's a whole like. Is he actually Stan Lee in this? Yeah, oh, but okay. I mean, no, I mean, what do you mean? Like, is he is his character Stanley? I I can't remember what his cameo. Was. I, I his he's just a a rich guy at a party. Oh, okay. and like Tony's like going around. You can see like camera flying around and stuff like that. And he's like he's like, oh hey, you know, famous person. He gets that person right. And then he mm-hmm. goes to Stanley. He's like, oh, looking good, Hef. Ah. And then like and <laughs> and that's how that goes. Um. The next one to come out was The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Edward Norton as the Hulk. And it's almost impossible to remember <laughs> that at this point. I remember liking this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's decent. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's caught between origin story and sequel. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Because <sighs> they have... Well, it should be like a regular movie, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, because they, they had made Hulk, uh, the Ang Lee Hulk. 
And I think they realize, okay, we can't come out with another exact origin story so soon. Almost like what they would do with Spider-Man Homecoming and everything. Mm-hmm. They, it's in between origin story and sequel. They do a really much better job in that. Mm. But uh, but Incredible Hulk, though, starts off by saying, here's what all the, here's all the stuff that has happened. And now he's in Brazil. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's, he's uh, connecting with somebody who's like a Mr. Blue or something over the internet. And that guy, like, I know how to, if you give me enough samples, I can figure out how to get your blood back to normal. And so, like, he... I always wondered, though, how does, how do, how do these people meet? Yeah, I know. Like, was he on, like, the gamma radiation dark web forum? (laughs) Maybe so. Like, the, the movie presents it as, like, this is, like, one of the only guys in the world smart enough to work with Bruce mm-hmm. to figure out how to... So- how did they ever connect? Yeah. <laughs> how did he ever connect? Like, I, I'm joking. LinkedIn. But I'm serious. Yeah, it's LinkedIn. It's the same. <laughs> it's LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm just... There has to have been an initial exchange. Yeah. I'm fascinated by how that went down. How did um, they... It's the same as assassins. Like, how did... Like, because Stallone gets these, like, computer messages about who he should kill, but he doesn't even know who's sending them to him. Yeah. How did that ever start? How did, oh, I just got a spam asking me to kill someone. Oh, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah. Uh, how the MCU discussion turned to assassins. Yes. Yes, it did. Hey, I'll take anything I can to assassins. Um and of course, uh, if you're in if you're in the Marvel universe at all, uh, just like in X Men, don't work at a factory if you're trying to, <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're trying to keep your identity secret and everything. Don't work at a factory. Something's gonna happen where people are like, something something wrong with that dude or whatever. And like uh, in this one though, it's he he cuts himself and blood goes into the soda bottle that he. Uh, that they're they're making the soda or something, and of course it gets shipped to uh, America. And this is the Stanley cameo in this movie: is that Stanley goes to his fridge and he drinks this Brazilian soda or whatever. They find out that he has some sort of weird like mutation after drinking it, and they trace the bottle to Brazil. That's ah. how they're able to get the, the snuff banner out and everything. Um, uh, and then the you know the rest of it is him looking for this. It's Tim Blake Nelson, who's yeah. one of the many characters, the one of many actors who's played in both the Fox Marvel. He's played in the the Fantastic Four reboot. Oh yeah, and, oh, I forgot uh, about that. And then he's and he's in this as well. And it's it's uh, you know like like Chris Evans has got that dual thing right. going yeah, yeah. on too. Um, but uh, but yeah, most of it here is him coming back trying to find this doctor, and he. He goes back to his hometown. He he wants to reunite with Betty, and Lip Tyler plays Betty in mm-hmm. this one. Um, <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Connelly and Liv Tyler. You know, yeah. Why don't you get some pretty girlfriends? Yeah, exactly. For a for a change, just once. Um, uh, he's is I, she playing Betty too? Sorry, in, yeah. in Hulk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, playing Betty, and uh, and then this is the introduction of William Hurt. He's mm. not he's not going to get reintroduced until way later. Though. I don't even understand why they brought him back. Yeah, that was Civil War, right? War yeah. and then he's he's in Infinity War as a hologram for like thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah really seems like it would be i know that incredible hulk is technically that. part of the mcu but you recast the hulk mm-hmm. like why don't we just pretend that movie didn't exist you make up some other general mcwhatever and cast whoever you want yeah. like why did we have to go back let, to that well? let me ask you this why can we not have a hulk movie it seems like every time that i've 
I've seen that in a headline or something like that or in a story, it's dismissed. They're just like, well, we don't need a standalone Hulk movie. No, it's not that. I think they just point to Incredible Hulk and Hulk as unsuccessful attempts. And But Ruffalo is so good. And he's well, Ruffalo been shown- is good, but I think it's the character. I think it's a, a, a little bit of the Superman problem. There's only so many stories yeah. you can tell about the Incredible Hulk. I think that's what that's it is. And, and most of them re- seem to revolve around, I want to get this out of me. Yeah. And um and so like every time his on his journey to do this, he he runs into people who know who he is, and then he has to turn into the Hulk, and, mm-hmm. and then he re- you know, and so like the next time we see him, he's going to be doing that same thing over and over again. Yeah, he's got too much power, pretty much, and the only time we've seen him in the MCU get actually subdued is with the Hulk Buster suit and the the like the fucking whatever the the what is that thing they build around him they shoot this whole like oh yeah uh like shoot a dome around him or something yeah and there's and there's like all that putty looking stuff yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah because yeah, with thor it it's ostensibly a draw in ragnarok right? yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and in the first avengers yeah yeah, yeah. basically a draw mm-hmm. yeah but i mean the mcu has been successful with hulk but let's not forget that like they just threw him off to space a few movies ago and ignored him until Ragnarok. Yeah, yes. I'm still I'm still like wondering about that. He's like, oh, Quinjet, and he falls down the, <laughs> and like, uh, and you're like, sure, <laughs> oh, Quinjet. <laughs> How did he get to to the trash planet? There's, I guess, there's some sort of speculation that they were he was, but I don't remember this in Age of Ultron. Him actually, I know that he was in the plane and that, and Black Widow was like, come back and all that. And he just ignores her. And then they say he crashes somewhere around Fiji or something like that. But they don't know. They know the plane crash. How did he get to the devil's anus then? I don't know. Or whatever it was. <laughs> what I now, I, I, from what I understand, the Quinjet can fly in space. But even if he could, I don't know how you just <laughs> suddenly end yeah. up there. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, they they haven't quite explained that yet, and they may eventually in the hmm. next Avengers. I'm assuming when they're when he's going to finally be in be Hulk again and everything, which we are all assuming is going to happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, Incredible Hulk ends up, you know, uh, Thaddeus Ross is chasing after him throughout the whole movie. He's got this one gung ho soldier, Tim Roth is in there and and he's injecting him with some of this like super soldier serum Mm -hmm. it's not exactly the captain america thing actually it might be only it's like a weaker dose or something like that oh okay i can't remember is there he's injecting him with that so he's trying to make him stronger he's not as strong as hulk though and it's just so it's Mm. it's i don't know what they keep expecting when they keep fighting hulk in this movie like there's a point where he's he's injected with this super soldier serum and he's trying to take on Hulk and it's not working. And then he pulls out a fucking gun, which he knows he doesn't work. I don't understand this, man. I'm gonna pull out a gun. I know it doesn't work, but it makes me feel good. I don't know. Um, so I pull out my gun. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's just, I mean, it's the same thing as Infinity War. Bucky strides up and just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, thanks for your contribution. Or even Ragnarok, where he's got the AK-47s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So by the end, by towards the end of uh, 
incre- incredible Hulk. He he does find Tim Blake Nelson, and 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 lo and behold, you can't trust scientists in in a Marvel movie. Yeah. He's been replicating uh, Banner's blood, and he's got all these. There's all sorts of uses we could have for this blood, oh, yeah. you know. And because uh, yeah, he's still Tim Blake Nelson is still an old brother. We're yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> <Even though> he <laughs> this pretty movie. much is. He pretty much is. I love that guy. Yeah, and. uh so there is a point where Tim Roth, who is already injected with some of the super soldier stuff, is like, he's like, go ahead and inject me with the banner stuff and everything. And then he turns into abomination. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, we go same versus same again. Yeah. Uh, it's an abomination is stronger than Hulk in this. He's kicking Hulk's ass for, mm-hmm. for a little bit. And um, by the end of it, I think Hulk like, ties chains around him or something i can't remember what it was it wasn't really you don't think of hulk as being wittier or anything than anything Mm -mm. but i think he ends up getting chains around him and nearly strangling him to death and betty's like no you can't do that bruce and he's like okay yeah i shouldn't do that (laughs) um and um then he heads back down to brazil yeah and then he goes yeah he goes back to yeah somewhere what just goes on the run again i think yeah what a weird directing choice. This is Louis yeah, Leterrier. Yeah, who did Transporter movies. Yeah. Yeah. And he did, did what? He did the Transporter. And he did Now You oh. See Me. Oh. oh. So, I mean, it's just a, it's just a weird... I, maybe maybe he's incredibly talented. So he's but. worked with Ruffalo and Ed Norton. He's worked with both two of our three modern Oh, yeah. Hulks. yeah. Has he done he anything has. with Eric Bana? <laughs> oh that'd be awesome uh was he in clash of the titans he actually may have been in clash he of may- the titans. <laughs> i never saw that movie uh no you're you're confusing him with sam worthington oh okay uh, yeah i do that i, I do that, do that all the time. Been hulk. that's right um the curious moments i wrote down in incredible hulk was bruce can't get too excited or else he'll turn in the hulk so he can't have sex yeah he can't even get a boner in yeah this movie. yeah so there's a point where uh betty is like all right we're, we're doing this we haven't seen each other in a long time mm-hmm. and and uh and he and his he's got this little like wrist monitor thing that's like yeah is his heart rate goes up i'm like that seems to be anti-hulk to me when it's not anger that causes yeah, it right and there's no reason to keep to make it where he being too excited makes him hulk. what would happen if he's having sex and he hulks out oh, during sex oh man i tell you what betty's vagina is dead yeah right yeah what, what else would there be <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just gonna be mush yeah exactly. i can't believe we're talking about this <laughs> because, <laughs> but if he hooked out while they're having intercourse she's dead well yeah because uh in in ragnarok we have established that his penis is enormous like yeah. relative to right. his body right that's correct wow uh maybe her vagina is like his pants <laughs> <laughs> never breaks (laughs) oh my god wow jesus went down a dark path yes it did you know what i guarantee you people on the internet have already discussed this yep Yep. we're not the first ones here (laughs) all right so hulk can't have this is an okay decent movie it's not i you know it's never going to be anything that you will be like really want to go back to but it's also not bad no it's not bad at all yeah uh this was the first time also where we where it established that uh banner could jump out of something and he jumps out of a helicopter in this just like in ragnarok mm-hmm. and he crashes through the street in this obviously they're not going for the joke that ragnarok was and everything but he's still banner when he crashes into that thing and it's been pretty consistent through since this movie saying that 
if Banner dies, Hulk can still emerge mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know how that works. They haven't really ever been explicit about that, but they have they have said that because there's a point where in Ragnarok where he says, "I would try to shoot 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 myself. I right. try to and and the Hulk would always spit the bullet out." Mm-hmm. So you know, there's something in there where Hulk is sort of keeping him alive too, and you know, yeah. But they've established that since that since that movie. I'd, I'd like to point out though, after Ragnarok and Infinity War, I don't. <sighs> Banner is no fun without Hulk. Banner is no fun without Hulk or Tony because of the difference between Avengers Banner versus Ragnarok. Well, they've turned and, him into a cartoon. Yeah, he's just this nervous, like nebbish little little dude yeah. with no intellect and nothing to to add to the well infinity war plays him for for the laugh in almost every scene he's in yeah even the final scene when he's in, finally gets in the hulk buster he's all excited and then he fucking trips and the girl looks at him like who's this loser like he's yeah. just he's, and ragnarok is the same way like i can't fly an alien spaceship i need hulk yeah and when he's when he's on the trash plane they're trying to get away like he's all just like nervous energy yeah. basically and I, you got to trust Ruffalo. Like I guess he's he's grown with this character. But I was watching the the Avengers last night, and when they first um, see him on the the holodeck or whatever it is, not the holodeck, the uh, <laughs> those little hovercraft things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aircraft carrier that that flies. Yeah, the Avengers he's, headquarters. He's still got that nervous energy, and like he's he's uncomfortable being around people and everything until he he really gels with with Tony. But like it's a it's a completely different character in the Avengers, and it, it was a lot cooler in the Avengers. You know? Yeah, I need they need to, especially if they're going to make intentional choices to keep the Hulk out of the story and Banner. Like you need to, you need to do Banner better mm-hmm. because ultimately my my big fear with that character is that we're going to get Avengers four and the arc for him is going to be he figured out how to get Hulk back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's all it's going to be. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, why do we need to take this journey? <laughs> yeah, those scenes, even in Incredible Hulk, but in, in, in Avengers two, where he's like figuring shit out and he's really showing off like how fucking smart this right. guy is. Right. He's the only guy that can talk to Tony on Tony's level. Yeah. Well, and again, Infinity War. Not that they shouldn't have, but they shut they shut down his intellect by giving Cherie that one right. little biting line to show that she knows tech better than he does. But yeah. we kind of stripped away. One of the things that made Banner cool mm-hmm. was that he's supposed to be every bit as smart as Tony. They they built Ultron together. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a all Tony kind of anyway. Sorry, that's a just, tangent. Just imagine too, they could they could have a, they had Banner, Tony, Peter Parker, Doctor Strange, and Shuri all in the same. No room kidding, that's a lot like, of brain power. Trying to figure out stuff like that, it would it, you know that that's what I hope happens at some point. You get the brain trust in there. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. And they just you know, and you're right. The Banner in in Infinity War is basically just going place to place, saying Thanos is coming. <laughs> you know, it's, it's alternates between that and who's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I've been gone for a while. Laugh. Yeah. The uh, the end credit scene here is Tony Stark visits General Ross in a bar and tells him about the Avengers. They, I think they go a little bit off continuity with this whole like everybody's creating the Avengers thing though, because by I believe it's by Iron Man two, which is the next movie. Uh, Fury is, is saying that he's not even in the Avengers yet. They still sort of trying out for it, essentially or mm, whatever. Mm. He's not even in it yet, so I don't know how Tony can just go to a bar and talk to the general and be all. Well, like, and also the general wants to capture and or kill Hulk. 
Like, why didn't he go to a bar in Brazil and talk to Banner? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Why is he going to talk to the general guy? Yeah, and it's all, I know, they're trying to get this continuity going on and everything where, like, you know, Avengers is coming, Avengers is coming, and everything. That That's one in-credit scene that doesn't make much sense to me, but maybe if, if I had, if I don't know if I really, really thought about it, maybe, I, maybe it does. I don't know. Mention the Stanley cameo. He's the guy who drinks the, the soda. Mm. Um, then Iron Man 2 comes out. God, um, I don't like this movie. Yeah, got and, to the bird. I yeah. got to the bird. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, does that? Do they ever say bird? Like they say it at least twenty times in one scene. <laughs> um, yeah, Iron Man Two, one of my least favorite MCU's for a host of reasons. It's got a little bit of that Spider-Man Three problem where they're just they threw too much in at once. Mm-hmm. They're giving you two villains with Rockwell and dude mickey, yeah, rourke. Mickey, rourke. mickey rourke they're giving you more war machine they're giving you black widow a different war machine <laughs> well yeah they also recast war machine uh there's just too there's too much going on and none of it really clicks yeah this one starts off with him with tony uh needing to get a new source for his arc reactor because it's causing other problems he's getting too much toxicity in his body at mm. this point so there's apparently some fabled element out there that his father found, but no one knows how to synthesize it yet. And uh, so so he, he keeps using this arc reactor to his own peril, essentially. But he needs it because he still has the shrapnel in his, in his chest and everything. Um, the, it, uh, yeah, it, it's, the, the story is a revenge story. This uh, Ivan Vanko guy that Mickey Rourke plays... His dad worked with Tony with Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark, and Howard Stark uh, found out what his Vanko's dad was up to and and uh, shipped him out of the country essentially. Mm. And uh, so they've been holding on to that for years and years and years and years. And finally, Vanko's father dies, and he's like, "I'm going to get Tony and everything." And this guy is as every every bit as smart as Tony too. Mm. Uh, he can he can he can build shit just from looking at blueprints and like you know. Uh, and he's really good with computers and all that. Was this after the wrestler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Mickey Rourke is still in that shape, though. Yeah. But yeah, he's 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 carved up. He's swole uh, in this movie. Yes, he is. Um, but uh, so he he goes and he uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna attack Tony. Tony's like uh, Tony's dying, so he doesn't really care what happens. He starts to not care what happens to him. That's why he enters that race and everything. Yeah. I believe we send this in the video, though. By the way, there's no way Vanko knows that he'll be at the race and in a car yeah. racing because even his people didn't know he was. Yeah, Rockwell. Nobody knew about it. Nobody yeah. knew that he was going to get in this car and everything. But yet, here's Vanko, like. <laughs> secretly going into the the pit crew and all this other type of yep. stuff and it's like uh, getting his big whip, whip oh, ready okay yeah. this is just i mean i think the whip hitting the cars and slicing them in i think that there's some cool visual shit there mm-hmm. and i think they just kind of worked backwards mm-hmm. yeah um story-wise and you know that's why you don't do it that way <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is justin thoreau wrote this one. yeah justin thoreau wrote this um well he was on something <laughs> he's, he's usually a reliable writer yeah yeah he uh, vanko ends up getting sent to a prison and then and then uh rockwell who's playing a, a a rival stark guy named justin hammer uh breaks him out and tells him like you know i want i want to build suits like tony has 
And uh, is there any way that you can make these suits? And he's got these drone suits and everything. Mm -hmm. Is there any way that you can make it where this will fit over somebody's head and all that? Um, So Vanko pretends like he's going to build whatever Hammer wants him to. But instead, he's really just building something that he can get revenge on Tony with and Mm -hmm. everything. So he's playing him. And I never understood how Hammer even is wealthy in this movie. He everything he makes is terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they, and there's a point where the government goes to Hammer and says, "Will you make me a whole bunch of stuff for this?" And it's Rhodey who's who's one whole bunch of stuff in my war machine shoot, suit and everything. And he's like, "Yeah." And he's, there's like a whole thing where he's like, "Here's a here's a it's like a whole bunch of like fucking AKs and shit like that are <laughs> on the plane. How you fit that on the suit? I don't know. Yeah. And then it, and then he uh and he uh introduces this little missile that I can't remember what he calls. He's he sniffs it like a cigar and he's <laughs> like he's like uh saying this is the best thing that I ever had or whatever. Of course later on Rhodey actually tries to shoot it and it just <laughs> pops like a firecracker or whatever. I get uh, some of the scenes with Sam Rockwell and Guy Pierce from Iron Man 3 yeah. confused cuz it's just like stock white dude villain character yeah. that has a lot of money you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and this is i don't i don't really want to let the mcu off the hook on this particular issue so even though whiplash is different this movie still has same versus same because yeah. we get that army of drones mm-hmm. versus war machine and tony and so it's still basically iron man versus iron man. yep it is um uh it, and they end up at this uh the expo and in, in queens and like they they're and uh vanko turns on all the drones or whatever on the stage and then they start attacking everything and um and uh, then it ends up being iron man and Rhodes like all surrounded by the robots or whatever and there's that they sit there forever and then he does that thing where the laser shoots out and yeah. cuts all of them down and they do that whole thing where like Rhodes is like yeah i guess you could have led with that or whatever and he's like well that was a one-off that was <laughs> a one-time thing and i was like yeah okay and he yeah. hasn't used it since um <laughs> also there's the scene in here with the little kid in the iron man mask um at the expo outside mm-hmm. the expo and i'm pretty sure that they've declared that that's tom holland's peter parker really really in the mcu interesting i'm reasonably sure that has been confirmed by somebody official um but even if it's not that's kind of a fun theory yeah that is kind of fun. it kind of works too because that 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 peter would be about that age at that point and i like the idea that he was looking up to iron man even then yeah a little bit of accidental kismet there that uh i think works nice yeah this was the first time on a uh is it it's natasha right natasha romanoff is uh is introduced mm-hmm. she starts off uh as a, a sort of a spy mm-hmm. for tony does she have an accent in this one? Oh, jeez, i can't believe we did the whole mini pod on infinity war and i didn't bring up um scarlet witch's accent disappearing no no, no not scarlet witch i know i know i'm oh, yeah I'm, I'm just saying you, you bring <laughs> yeah. up the accent made me remember how elizabeth olsen it is sounds fucking gone. american as shit in that movie <laughs> this is uh this was the the whole this whole iron man 2 thing is why the government even gets the suit in the first place mm. the um the uh the beginning of this movie is him talking to gary shanling and being like i'm not going to give you my suit i'm not going to hand this over to you this is my own property and everything of course they consider it a, a you know a, i guess a equipment of war of some sort or whatever mm. that no human person should be able to human person no <laughs> human, human should, person <laughs> no human should have this by themselves and and have all the power and everything and then like he has a party because he's he's in this destructive phase where he's like getting super drunk and he thinks mm. he's just gonna die because there's nothing there's nothing that's going to help him with his arc reactor thing 
So he goes to the party dressed up as Iron Man, and he actually drunk in the <laughs> suit, and he starts shooting stuff, and people are in danger, and everybody's like, everybody at the party's like, ha, 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 that's awesome! <laughs> yeah. But Rhodes knows something's not quite right, so he goes down and steals fucking one of Tony's suits, yep. and he becomes War Machine there, and like he flies off with Tony's shit, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's like, here, I'm going to take this shit, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gone forever. Yeah. Um. And, uh, but yeah, man, the, that, the part where Tony finds out, so how, like his dad left him this like 1960s film of some sort. And this is the first time we get John Slattery as Mm. uh, Howard Stark. Um, he, he, uh, leaves him this movie and he's and and Tony's just watching it like, yeah, my dad, he didn't really care much for me, blah, 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 blah. And then finally at the end of this one film, I don't need, I don't even remember why he's watching. I think he's, I don't even remember why he's watching that movie. But uh, at the end of the one of the movies, Howard's like, Tony, now that I got you alone, I got I can tell you something about this. Uh, this he's building the expo, hmm. and there's a blueprint for this expo that's on, that's in there that he's got to go find. And of course, it just happens to be in his office at Stark Stark Enterprises, or whatever. And um, and uh, and he's like, there the the secret to this new element is located somewhere inside. I will never understand how he figures this shit out. <laughs> He gets the blueprint and he gets his computers. He gets, you know, he gets uh, Jarvis in on it and everything. And uh, he's like, okay, I want to look at this, but without the, the pathways. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, right here. And and it's, uh, suddenly there's just like all this like fucking digital shit around. Like a 3D map. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and suddenly like it just spinning around him and he's like, huh, 20 years after your death still taking me to school and, uh, <laughs> and i'm like what did you fucking do i don't even understand i can't understand it at all and and then uh, uh jarvis is like uh there's no way you're gonna be able to do this of course he does it first try he shoots mm. a laser into some fucking thing and he and he gets the thing that he needs to power the arc the, the magic MacGuffin. yeah <laughs> exactly the new element yes uh, <laughs> so so now so now he doesn't uh he doesn't have to, he's you know he doesn't have this palladium poisoning or whatever mm. uh it by iron man 3 he finally they take the shrapnel out so mm. he doesn't actually need the the reactor at all but uh the so anything else we want to talk about iron man 2 no i think no. we've spent we probably, are, we probably spent too much time yeah on probably did uh in credit scene here is agent colson goes to new mexico where they find mjolnir which is thor thor's mm-hmm. um and then and and then uh what would be the iron man theme with stan lee cameos tony mistakes him for larry king and oh, funny <laughs> um that brings us on to thor yep. ah kenneth branagh Kenneth friend Brad. of the show friend of show <laughs> what a weird period <laughs> yes it is uh this may i really liked this movie the first time i saw it i don't know if it holds up real well yeah i don't i don't know either um it, it's 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 plenty entertaining you know what the problem is natalie fucking portman in this movie mm. she falls she is a brilliant astrophysicist that falls head over heels in love with i would Thor. too though yeah he's dreamy sure <laughs> he's fucking dreamy but that is her only character trait moving forward in this whole movie. After she falls in love with Thor, she ceases to really smart yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like she's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, let's do whatever we need to to, to get Thor. Well, this is one of those characters that they just mismanaged to the point where, like, she's, she's only she's only in 
the two Thor movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's in Dark World, And then World, she's right? casually mentioned in, in Age of Ultron. It's in uh, Ragnarok they introduce. Well, they, they mention, I think they slightly mention her other stuff, too. But in, in They've Ragnarok, got like a picture of her in Avengers. Yeah, and that's in it. Ragnarok, that's like uh, one of the people on the sidewalk is like uh, one of the girls that want the picture with him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry about Jane dumping you. And he's like, oh, we both dumped each other. Yeah, it was a yeah, mutual yeah. dumping. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, all the 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 intelligence that this character could bring to the entire world yeah is uh is really cut short yeah because at first because in thor when he does crash land and everything and and shield gets uh wind of it and everything they take her shit yep and uh and so like at, by the end of it though she's like got all of her stuff back and everything and then She's not helping out nope. anymore. Nope. Yeah. And, you know, the MCU takes a little bit of criticism for, I guess, female characters and the lack of female heroes. That is a big theme that it I is. saw throughout this whole it thing. It is. And, and it, to some degree, uh, you, you have to blame the comics for some of that because mm -hmm. the source material had way more male heroes than female heroes. But this is one of those characters that they... They did right. They cast a great actress. Mm -hmm. They wrote they wrote her well into the story of Thor one, and then just somewhere along the line, they just she fell through the cracks. Yeah, and there was an opportunity there because she is a super smart badass who could have been in there in the room with Shuri and Bruce Banner and Tony. Yeah. And it's the, almost like they rolled her character into Stellan Skarsgård going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pretty and much. He, did. he represents all. In matter of fact, in Avengers, they're like, oh well, he's my friend and he's a good man and everything. Yeah. Uh, but Natalie Portman's character yeah. is, is off. Uh, now, granted, there are probably real world issues here where she was doing another project and wasn't available to do as big a storyline as they wanted. Maybe I don't know. But this is where you had female characters. You didn't really do well with them for the first half of the MCU. No. Black Widow's completely mismanaged. Yeah. Pepper Potts is completely damsel and distressed. Yeah. She, in all three of them. Well, yeah. until the well, very the, end of three. The, the third one, she's, you know, she's got some some things going on for her, but. Uh, like a sports bra yeah sports bra <laughs> um but uh this movie uh basically takes thor out of it uh that's the sort of mm -hmm. the point of this movie uh it starts off with him he's about to be crowned king and um and so he some something that loki does he allow, he allows these frost giants who are mm -hmm. essentially the fucking uh white walkers yep. um he allows these frost giants in and and he knows that he loki knows that uh just the mere hint that they could come into asgard means that he may need to go beat some frost giant ass mm. nobody knows that loki is behind this of course until much later but um which has has an infinity stone been mentioned by name up until this no point? no the first time we really here of i don't know when the first time they actually say stone is but the first time we actually run into um is it guardians well captain america has one of the stones but i don't know if they refer to it by huh. name in that um so uh odin tells thor you don't don't go and fight fight these guys i forbid it and and thor's like but i'm king and he's like not yet but you aren't king <laughs> not yet yeah <laughs> and uh of course thor being thor he goes and fights them anyway um and he's doing okay he's like he's but he gets he gets surrounded at some point and then odin comes down and basically saves them all or whatever um loki kind of finds out his nature too when he goes there because he's actually from Jutenheim, 
which mm-hmm. is where this frost giant thing yeah he's is. a little baby blue boy yeah he's a little baby blue boy i i don't know if i've ever quite understood they they odin like odin uh uh adopts him and uh and he i don't know if there's anything about the frost giants that that say oh he also has the power of illusions yep there's nothing in that frost giant race that i can see that anybody does that dude i don't get loki's powers honestly no throughout the whole arc throughout the whole mcu like sometimes he's able to read minds sometimes he's able to like use telekinesis he's using these like well it's not it's not that different from thor sometimes he can fly and bring lightning sometimes he needs the hammer sometimes he doesn't (laughs) sometimes he's the most powerful being in the world and can take on thanos yes and and for all those people that are going to get you know on the comments and say well it's clearly defined in the comics we're talking about the movies. I had to go through that um, reason in our in our mini pod thing too, because people were like, you know, I, I need to show you this and that and whatever. I'm like, look, uh, we don't have the time to get the basis of the original materials that a lot of people have that have been spending most of their lives reading comic books and everything. If if I, and you, and I don't think. I don't think people who read comic books agree on what everything is going on right, either. Right. So yeah, because there's different universes, there's yeah. different versions, and there's all kinds of stuff. You know, we're basing on what, what they give us in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, we could supplement that information, but still... Although I had forgotten about the whole Odin adopting Loki thing. There's mm-hmm. a lot of space adoption yeah. in the MCU. Yes, there <laughs> is. Right? Like, is there any agency, you think? And the adop- no, they just and take them. And the adopted uh, person is always evil yep <laughs> evil evil <laughs> but yeah i don't understand like the yeah the odin stumbles on this on this baby during another during the the last big fight with the frost giants and he decides i'm going to take him in and and then the baby who's just this blue frost giant thing turns human yeah yeah and i guess okay i guess he just has that power that it mm-hmm. never really explains anything i wonder about. if hell is alive when when all this happens <laughs> yeah well I, she is or the, not alive but like not in prison I, I, well i don't know I, it, I don't i really honestly in ragnarok it feels like they didn't even know right, <laughs> right. they just wrote her into yeah. the back they're like man kate blanchett is hot yeah. yeah um but yeah so he does this odin gets pissed he sends thor to, to earth mm-hmm. and uh the 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 weird thing for me in this the 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 sort of the the plot uh order and everything so Jane is going out to this desert point where she's noticing this anomaly or whatever. She's been doing this. She's done this about 17 times, I think, is something like that. She's gone out to the desert to try to figure out what's going on with this anomaly. Hmm. And then finally Thor shows up on one night when the anomaly happens. And I'm like, what was Thor showing up all those other anomalies too? Is it the, no, it was Heimdall just, yeah, it was Heimdall just setting up the Bifrost bridge in case anybody wants to go yeah, there hey, tonight. All right. Uh, I guess nobody's going. <laughs> no, you're right. That's a very interesting, weird thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, your explanation, your joke explanations actually sounds pretty good. Though. He's just greasing the wheels. He's, tr- he's trying to make sure, right, that right. It's still okay. make sure it works. Um, <laughs> test the Bifrost. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Cause, like cause, cause Heimdall, Heimdall. Heimdall is fucking thorough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Odin's um, like, Heimdall, did you check the Bifrost today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see trillions of people in the world. Do you want me to do this I now? I love Heimdall's look, by the way. I think it, it, like Idris Elba is just so commanding mm-hmm. in that role. Yeah. And when he actually like takes out the sword to fight at the yeah. end, fucking awesome. Yeah, he's a yeah. badass. Yeah, man. he is. 
Um, but yeah, this whole thing is Thor trying to figure out what he ultimately, you know, needs to do with himself. This mm-hmm. is all about working on yourself. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, he, he, he says, spare my friend. When they send the big metal monster thing. Down yeah, yeah. Fireface. Yeah, exactly. Fireface. <laughs> uh, he's like, he's like, uh, spare them, but kill me. And then, then it's when all of a sudden the, the hammer works again. Yeah, yeah. He got his, his hammer boner. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that doesn't Ragnarok kind of give the first Thor movie the middle finger Pretty when it comes much. to that hammer? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Because doesn't, the hammer doesn't even... Because, yeah, yeah, Odin... It was never the source Odin, of your power. Yeah, Odin in the Harry Potter sequence yeah. is like... It's like, yeah, it was never the source of your power. Yeah. You know, what, are you Thor, god of hammers? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, I mean... It, doesn't the hammer let him fly and stuff that's yep. what i thought it did but and call down the lightning he goes like this in the air with the hammer but when he wants to call so, down the yeah, lightning supposed to focus it but that's one of those random things i think they write into movies where they're like well you don't need the fucking hammer and then that didn't turn out to be anything at all though yeah because he he, he is able to call the lightning but it doesn't do anything to Hela at all right. in that. And then by by the time Ragnarok ends and and Infinity War starts, it's like I gotta get something else. I yep. gotta get. Um, do you know how to pronounce it? How to pronounce his hammer? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. So yeah. Huh? No, it's Molaginor. Cat <laughs> Dennings. Cat <laughs> Dennings all the way throughout it. Uh, keeps calling it different things mew mew oh and, really <laughs> and I whatever there's another wasted character yeah uh, exactly yeah, no kidding um she's pretty yeah she is <laughs> um but yeah the big robot thing the destroyer yeah. Mol- Mol- it's molaginor molaginor yeah, yeah sounds right yeah <laughs> checks um, out but yeah thor's uh thor's all right i didn't like it as much the second time for sure by the end of it thor throws uh loki or i think he throws loki off the bifrost thing and that's where loki ends up for avengers mm. um he goes that's where he ends up running into the chitauri and mm-hmm. all that bullshit um you seem you know these uh these uh like uh space-time continuum einstein rosenbridge things really take people to convenient places mm-hmm. don't they yeah they sure do where it's habitable and where <laughs> it's like the further for space <laughs> yeah exactly. well and it's that's another thing that the rules keep changing on too because for several movies it has to be that bridge and you have to have the heimdall sword in the thing and the whatnot and then by ragnarok heimdall's just like hey mind hop over here i'll show you what's going on yeah, exactly here in asgard <laughs> and then by infinity war it's like Bifrost doesn't even have any connection to that bridge or right. Asgard. Asgard is fucking gone, mm-hmm. and we're still Bifrosting all over the place. Mm-hmm. What's powering that? What is the Bifrost? I don't know. Uh, it's basically a teleporter. Mm-hmm. It's a Star Trek teleporter. Yeah. Transporter. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Beam me down. Yeah. To Midgard. Beam me. Yeah. The, uh, the end credit scene here is Nick Fury shows Eric Selvig, the Stellan Skarsgård character. Shows him a case with his like electronic doodads and shit, and then uh, Loki appears in a mirror, and mm. uh, and uh, Fury's like, "What do you think?" and and uh, Loki's like, "Well, now we'll have to take a look at that and see what it's, take a look." And Eric mm. Selvig's like, "Ah, I guess we'll have to take a look." And so we know that Loki has mind control powers now because he's got the Mind Stone yeah. in the Avengers. Still, um, they did they did. They- they only half knew what they were doing yeah at this point because he does have the mind stone but then the tesseract is there and that's another stone but they don't ever tell us that that's a stone until later 
Yeah. Because um, he does that thing where he like he like hypnotizes people by tapping their chest. That's right. got to be the Mind Stone mm-hmm. doing the work. And then the Tesseract actually opens the portals up and into... Uh, That's what brings way. the Chitauri in? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, the uh, Stan Lee cameo in Thor is that he's he. there's a point where Thor's hammer is just stuck in some mud or whatever, and everybody in the town's trying to pick it up themselves, and nobody's good at it and everything. And Stan Lee is in a truck trying to haul the... Haul, pull it out with uh, whatever. Mm. Um, then we have Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to make it all the way through these things. No, are we? I don't think so. <laughs> we're going to have to do MCU parts one and two. We actually might. I think the topic is worth that much discussion. Sure, yeah, man. Especially at this point in where the MCU, this feels like a good, let's stop and address the MCU up till now point. So even if it takes long. Um, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, this is about Steve Rogers. He's a, a, just a puny weakling, mm-hmm. but he's got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I like Captain America. I like him in every other movie. Uh, I like Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. Civil Wars, Civil War, whatever. But like this, this movie just loses me. I think it's it's the tone of it. Like it's a little darker mm-hmm. than the the tone is. Like visually, and it just I don't know. The, the villain is is not all that great. Yeah, too, and, and it's he's a like, he's a one of those like MCU boner villains too. Red Skull. Yeah um but, mcu boner villains that's right um but yeah he's he's the he's a weakling and he wants to join the army he keeps trying and failing people are like everything about your medical records and what you look like says no you can't be a soldier finally he goes to the expo howard stark is running the expo in captain america um and uh and stanley tucci's character a german scientist who's been taken over to america and everything notices this is a guy who's been trying this five times and he doesn't look like a soldier or anything he sort of has this idea well maybe maybe this guy would be the perfect uh perfect guy for the super soldier serum that i've been working that i've been working on um so he he does get into the army and he's in like uh tommy lee jones's like uh mm-hmm. group uh whatever you want to call it the uh he's the train, infantry he's a, right i guess the infantry mm-hmm. yeah um and uh there's a point where he uh he throws a a fake grenade out and he's the only one who jumps on it and and everything and they find out this guy's got tremendous character and everything uh and the reason why um this abraham erskine guy uh says let's try steve rogers is because apparently when you put the super soldier serum into somebody it it enhances everything so if you've got any kind of evil in you Mm. then it then it also exacerbates that. What about penis size? Yeah, I'm sure his penis is... Man, after this movie in Wonder Woman, I'm shocked how many super soldier serums were going on back during World War II. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy By the way, time how, for everybody. What, 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 I would like to analyze the chemical makeup, the compounds of mm-hmm. the super soldier serum in this mm-hmm. and the super soldier serum in Spider-Man mm-hmm. with Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. The one that turns, because that seems to enhance everything, too. Mm-hmm. Strength Including and the, evil. And the evil. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, let me ask you, seeing this recently, do the skinny Chris Evans effects hold up? They didn't hold up. They It, it looks so odd. It and looks they, weird, The problem right? is, is that we know what Chris Evans looks like. Right. So, like, so, yes, it's it just looks weird. Yeah. And, and you, you, you can't 
unsubconsciously take that out of your head what he looks like in real life and so yeah they've really punified yeah him. he's Man, super if he small. really cared he would have lost all that weight just like christian bale did right one movie yep exactly yeah. i mean look at what tom hanks did for castaway man that took a four-month break in filming just so that he could look different yeah chris <laughs> evans does not care about yeah. the craft he did not think that captain america was going to be up for any oscars apparently because that's how you get Oscar gold yeah. right there. Yeah. By losing all that you, shit. You go full skinny. That's the, right. They never go full skinny. The reason why the reason why Erskine knows this about the serum, though, is that he was commissioned to do that with the Hugo Weaving character, what we, we later see as uh, uh, Red Skull, but Johann Schmidt is his name in that. Um, he, see, he, he injected him with that uh, early on, and yes, he all the bad things happened, too. And Johann Schmidt runs this this other part of the nazi party called hydra mm -hmm. um it's a the scientific division or whatever but he's the sort of the de facto leader of this and at the very beginning this is where he gets he gets one of the stones and i'm trying to remember which one this one is um oh actually it's the tesseract in this one too oh okay. it's the it's the it's the um the space stone mm. yeah that's the space stone no but i'm i'm trying to i'm 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 hoping that's what it actually is in the movie it is it's the tesseract okay. yeah um because i actually i was gonna interject at some at a better place but i'll just do it now um i saw a thing about hugo weaving apparently he was a little salty about this experience because <laughs> i don't know how to say it without it being a spoiler for infinity war well, i mean we're already i think we're already red, at red school makes a brief appearance in infinity war I don't it's think not him is it no it's not right. and and so that sent me down a, a rabbit hole of clicks to find a quote that he had given after the first Avenger came out and he was like, yeah, basically he says that was the thing I did. Uh, I don't think they'll do, they'll, they'll ask me to do anymore. I don't think they put the character in a movie if the actor didn't want to do it anymore or something along <laughs> those lines. I'm basically saying, I don't want to do it anymore. And I've told them that. So I don't think they're going to put him in the movies. Anymore. He apparently hmm. was supposed to show up in like winter soldier or one or the Avengers or one of these. Hmm. Uh, and they, you know, like, I think it was the Avengers that, and Joss Whedon was like, well, I don't know how we can put <laughs> red skull in yeah, this yeah. too. Well, good. Um, anyway, uh, he gives them the super soldier serum and Captain America is then relegated to doing USO shows. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Yeah. He's right. He's trying to, trying to sell bonds and, <laughs> uh, and like he finds out that his friend Bucky is missing in action mm -hmm. and against Tommy Lee Jones orders, he decides to go find him. And that's where this whole thing, where he starts this whole thing with Hydra happens. He goes to their head, like their main headquarters, kicks a whole bunch of ass, takes some, takes some, uh, he, Hydra had all these prisoners that end up joining Captain America. That team, by the way, completely <laughs> worthless because they put all, they put like, you know, they put some pretty good character actors in there, but like. The whole movie is like montage yeah. action scenes. Yeah. This is where things excitement came up. Yeah. Because because <laughs> every time they showed Captain America, it was like going into this base, throwing shields, yeah. stuff explodes. <laughs> and um and it's never like a it's never like a whole like, you know, uh, it, there's never a whole plan like we got to do this, to do this, to do this. Well, it's and it may have been intentional. I don't enjoy it that way, but it's like a propaganda film for the war. Yeah. Like the way they're yeah. showing these montages of Captain America goes into this barn and wins. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what happens. They are being shown as films yeah. throughout the movie. Um, Speaking of Bucky, so Sebastian Stan, this is his one of his first 
film roles, I guess. Oh, really? Like it's, it's around there. Hmm. He was in Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only thing that I knew him from. And uh, then you see him in Girl. This. Yeah, I know. I, I liked. I liked that. Wasn't that? Didn't that Blake Lively too? Yeah. Isn't that where she got? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm fucking old. I Although I think Blake Girl. Lively was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants before Gossip Girl. Uh, Sebastian Stan. Oh, he had done a bunch of stuff before that. I'm sorry. Nice job, liar. Yeah, he had done The Architect, The Covenant, The Education of Star Charlie Banks, Rachel Getting Married. Uh, but it, it, you know, it's fairly early, I guess. Yeah, that was certainly what made him a star. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he is a star, oh, he was in Black Swan. Strange. Honestly, do you think people know his name now? I mean, like regular people, not like MCU nerds or comic con attendees. I wouldn't think so. You don't hear his name get rattled no. off. No, but people would probably know he's Bucky. Yes, everybody knows but, fucking Bucky. But <laughs> even like Falcon, like my buddy was watching one of these movies and he was like, "What's that guy's name?" <laughs> like oh, Anthony Papa Mackie. Doc. <laughs> Papa Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, he's a really good actor. You should watch yeah, The Hurt Locker and stuff like yeah. uh, His name is not. Some of these people are in all these movies and their name is not famous. That's mm-hmm. weird to me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Tangent of all tangents. Mm-hmm. You might as well make my middle name Tangent. Do you like this movie? No. The First Avenger? No. What, is it for the, the reason that you were just saying, like uh, the propaganda and uh, it just it's anodyne, Honestly, especially for a Marvel movie. I'm going to probably make enemies here. One of the reasons I don't connect to this movie is that it's set so far back in the past that mm-hmm. if there had been a superhero running around in World War II, people in the present should know about it. Yeah. Um, and they don't. Like, like everyday American citizens shouldn't, in the, in the 90s, in yeah. the MCU, should fucking know about Captain America kicking ass in the 40s. That's true. But they don't. Yeah. What now? No, no, never mind. I'm trying to explain why I don't connect because to the movie. Because they don't have... And it's because they went back in the past, and I don't connect to that. Yeah. I Just like it. when they go out in space, like, maybe part of... I was thinking about this last night, but part of what the disconnect for me with Infinity War might be is that 75, 80% of that movie is in space. That's true. That's and true. And once you go into space, and we're dealing... I've said this before. We're dealing with aliens and gods and, and more murkiness mm-hmm. as far as what they can and can't do. I, I lose a little bit of connectivity to that. Mm-hmm. So. I got you. Yeah, so just... just uh, I'm just made sure that everything... So it is the space stone in this. In like, the Tesseract. That's what... Hydra is using to make all these weapons. And stuff. Okay. So, like, it, it, the the problem with the montage scenes and these all these these battles and everything is that these guys have fucking super advanced weapons, and <laughs> and like Captain America and a handful of dudes goes in and like kills everybody and nobody dies and <laughs> and like yeah. these are like super advanced fucking weapons. They're like shooting fucking like amazing like lasers and shit mm-hmm. at them and stuff doesn't matter man and uh and of course uh somebody brought this up on twitter i think there's always like something where like they find the the big thing that's going to be this time he finds the shield he finds the shield obviously in the first one howard stark is working on it it's a prototype though it's a prototype mm-hmm. and of course it works perfectly yep um and um but uh also how is it a prototype if you don't have like because howard stark doesn't have like a bunch of vibranium sitting around does he no right so why did you even prototype if the metal is that precious <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> measure twice make it once right. don't prototype yeah, that yeah, shit. exactly um so in this movie i don't really understand this whole thing. hydra like does this whole thing cut one head off to to come back or whatever i don't know where johan schmidt's getting all these fucking soldiers there's not anything in here that says he's working on you know 
uh fucking real hydra technology <laughs> where like two like two people arise from one dead person <laughs> or whatever like there's a point where he after captain america has blown up like 50 bases or whatever the hell it is in this thing and like uh and uh the red skull guy is like uh He's like, ah, you'll cut one head off, two come back in its place, and it, there's like a big, huge pan shot of like this fucking never-ending field of soldiers. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, not everybody was Hydra. There were still some Nazis left, right? <laughs> this was uh, directed by Joe Johnston. Yeah, Rocketeer. Rocketeer, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Page Master. Rocketeer makes him the perfect choice for this. Mm -hmm. That's the uh, right, yeah. that's the same yeah, yeah. kind of feel and era and tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, yeah, I guess he gave them exactly what they wanted. It's mm -hmm. just I didn't want it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so by the end of that, this is almost a same versus same battle because mm. they both have super serum in mm -hmm. them and everything. They're fighting on a ship, and we're and like we said, he touches that uh, space stone, he ends up getting shot in the space, and we don't see him again for a very long time. That's right. And uh, we also can blame this movie for the Bucky syndrome. Yeah, because Bucky becomes very important yeah, later this on is, in the MCU. Yeah, he he casually gets thrown off of a train <laughs> and somehow some way motherfucking Zola yeah you remember that dude we casually threw off he might he might be great for this let's <laughs> get an expedition to go and find that motherfucker in the snow um the end credit scene for Captain America First Avenger is a trailer for the Avengers ah oh um I guess yeah. I didn't remember that. It's that's a teaser trailer. Yeah, it's a literal teaser trailer. Um, so that that's the only one where they didn't actually do a, like a scene then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. I bet you if they would had it to do over again, they would have done like a regular stinger, stinger. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think I think the Avengers, the prospect of an Avengers movie at that point was so strong that putting a teaser trailer like that on Captain America, which they're not quite sure is going to be a big hit or whatever. It's kind of a good tease. Yeah, no, I get it. To come in. And it was yes, less than a year later, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. less than a year later. Um, but although, of course, you know, that's always a... Can't do that like you used to back in... Like, back in the day, I remember when that movie Wing Commander... <laughs> wow. Is that the one with... Yes, it is. Ray Prince Jr.? Yes. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I saw this movie in the theater. Oh, they Jesus. did that with Wing Commander where they put uh, the trailer for uh, Phantom Menace on on it. And they, <laughs> on the end of it? Oh, no, no. On the beginning. It was uh -huh. attached. And, and they felt like, oh, people will come out and see this because of the trailer. Of course, people actually bought tickets to fucking wing commander and then bailed and bailed <laughs> but it don't it didn't happen often like wing commander wasn't some hit yeah, you yeah. know let's get let's be very clear that movie did shit um but uh but yeah nowadays the, the trailer is going to be online immediately anyway so there's yeah. really no draw to going to see a movie uh for just for a trailer um the stanley cameo he's at the uso she's at a uso show and he's a guy who says i thought he would be taller when he sees captain america oh okay uh then that brings us to the avengers it's been leading up to this uh this is one of my favorite movies if not my favorite mcu movie yeah yes. it's, great. it's I, I, so I, great i mean i i struggle to get through that first hour when i'm rewatching it but that second hour is just see i love that first hour I think everything about that is so much fun. It's all these introductions, and especially when they finally get together and they start that banter, and you can, 
hear the the Whedon dialogue going back and forth. Like, man, I'm down with that. I yeah. agree. The second hour is is even better. But I I just watched it last night because I remember not liking it as much either. I still dig it. I, still I mean, dig I get that. Oh, I'm just an old crank. Just get off my lawn. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I it doesn't ring genuine to me that whole fight in the woods where all of our heroes are trying to like out piss each other and I don't know. Oh, you mean when uh, when Thor and Iron Man? That makes sense to me though because he's he, he takes Loki out of the plane. And he's like he doesn't know what, who the fuck these people are and he's like, "All right, well, I'm taking it and, and Tony has to go after him because he's I got to get my shit back. I got to get my my prisoner back." I know. I know. And then the the whole fight that where Loki essentially gives up at the uh, outside the the opera house in Germany, like that's a cool introduction to Captain America and Tony and all that stuff. Like I don't know, I love it. I love it. This is where Loki gets two stones at this point. He's got the Tesseract, which I think allows him to touch it, mm. um, and he has the Mind Stone and the Scepter. He now can control minds, mm-hmm. and he controls uh, Eric Selvig's mind, and he controls Hawkeye's mind. Mm-hmm. we don't even know who the fuck hawkeye is at this point he we saw him in thor briefly and everything and now he's already a bad guy mm. what was Mind he control. oh did he come he came out to the the town in thor right no he was well yeah but w- when shield builds the th- little oh, facility right. around the hammer and thor comes to try to get it um there's a whole thing where like hawkeye you see this guy or whatever and like thor starts fighting one of the guards or whatever and then there's that like hawkeye moment where he's like He's like, I don't know if I want to kill this guy. I'm beginning to like him or yeah. something like that. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, yeah, this is uh, this uh, this is the beginning of a lot of just like, you know, just throwing a lot of information at you at once. And they do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he, all Loki wants to do is he wants to open up a portal and, and send the Chitauri where he's gotten he's gotten the scepter from and everything. And come down and invade Earth and everything. I'm what's try- the What's the point though? Like, what's his motivation? For um, that? trying to. Uh, they want a war, uh, because I guess they're a warmongering. No, that's right. Yeah, and he wants to destroy Earth, uh, because Thor has been protecting it, uh, for all this time. So oh. that's that's most of his motivation. So he's an Earth hater. Yes, he's an Earth hater. In fact, they, he has the the conversation with the the Chitari guy up on the the planet where he's like. You can have your war. I just want my brother to to lose whatever, you know. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it's not fully fleshed out, but you get so many great moments in this movie. You get the puny god thing. You've got the, uh, oh, what are the other moments? you got the shawarma moment. Uh, you've got the, the moment that always stuck out to me more than more than any other is that is that moment. I think they're on a bridge where Tony and Cap are fighting kind of like side by side. And then Cap turns and presents his shield, and Tony fires it's his lasers awesome. into the shield, and they bounce. <laughs> yeah. And that always felt like organic cooperation right. realization. Yeah. Like, we are more than just our individual selves if we work together. Uh, and so that, that's my single favorite movie. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about Everybody, it. well, this is what, what the problem is with, like, Age of Ultron and Civil War and stuff like that, where they're not dependent on each other. They're right. just, it's just doing their own shit. Baseball card hero shots. Uh, but here, everybody makes sense, except for fucking Black Widow. But, like, everybody else makes sense. 
like when, when in New York where Captain America is like directing, okay, you guys go up on the roof because that's your ability. Tony, you're going to go down here and establish the perimeter because that's your ability mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like it all makes fucking sense. And that's why I love this movie. Yeah. And then we get, we get that iconic I'm always angry moment uh-huh. where he not only says a great line, but turns and immediately punches <laughs> <laughs> the shit out of the nose of that ship. All the Hulk action is fantastic and, and just joyous. It, there's There's a... There's a celebratory nature to the action in this last hour yeah. that, that I think the Dark Knight never comes close to anything like that. Mm. Uh, there's no joy in the Dark Knight's action. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love the Avengers. That I, again, it would be just because we very recently had a couple of good MCU movies. It's kind of shaken up my whole ranking mm. system. Uh, but prior to Black Panther, I would always say Iron Man and Avengers were my two favorite MCU movies. Yeah. Man, speaking of Dark Knight, Loki has a Dark Knight joker type of uh ploy oh yeah yeah so he gets uh, he gets caught on mm-hmm. purpose and on purpose and uh he gets thrown into a cell that's meant for the hulk mm-hmm. and he starts tr- playing some mind games hoping that the hulk will emerge and and that the, the uh that they'll start infighting and everything and um it's funny we in our sins video for um age of ultron there's that whole thing where they're trying to pick up the hammer and everything. Yeah. And there's the one tease moment where like Banner goes up and he's like, oh, oh, like that. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, and everybody's like, oh, come on. You know, we got to <laughs> see the Hulk do it and everything. Hulk does try to pick up Thor's hammer and yeah. the Avengers. Yeah. There's, a, there's a, there's a, there's a scene uh, where Thor is fighting him. And there's a point where the hammer just falls to the to the floor or whatever, and Hulk's like tries to grab it and he can't. And then you mm-hmm. know, and there's like that big fight between them. So we've seen a Thor Hulk fight before mm-hmm. and everything, and it's on that Avenger ship. That's uh during a whole bunch of stuff. Tony's got to go s- repair an engine on the yep. ship. He's got to use Cap's uh, got to fight off the the people that are that are invading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff in this. Um. I love, and we were just talking about this. The banter between Banner and Stark starts right here, and like, um, I think when they first meet, uh, Tony's like, "Man, I read your your treatise on whatever your paper on this." And then they start talking this techno gobbledygook, and it's like, oh, that's awesome! They're, yeah. they're gonna get all. And he starts like jabbing him a little bit and like needling him to try to get the Hulk out. Yeah, so great. <laughs> there's a there's a point here too that uh, that uh, would be nice to revisit at some point. There's also a point where Thor's hammer, Thor's Thor's lightning charges up Tony's suit, and it says four hundred percent capacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I sort of wish that's something they did more of. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's just a fluke and he can't really do that over and over again. And he blasts the shit out yeah, of Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. The the curious moment I wrote for Avengers is that the Chitauri are never really developed at all. We don't, and I, we we mentioned it, I mentioned it before, that uh, we don't know how Loki got into Thanos' good graces to be handed the scepter Mm -hmm. like thanos is i don't even know if they know what thanos is at this point because he's handing out fucking infinity stones he's giving (laughs) he's giving other he's getting other people i mean yeah there's a point where there's an end credit scene where he's like i guess i'll do this myself yeah but he's getting all these people to do he's not doing anything he's sitting up in his fucking space chair yeah although I, i think infinity war would have you believe he's bouncing around from world to world like genociding half the citizens i guess so and and doing it with gamora and we just see it see him in the middle of all that i guess every time he destroys half of life on a planet he has to go back to the throne room to relax (laughs) 
He's got to recharge his batteries, yeah, mentally and physically. That's right. The uh, in, There's two end-credit scenes in the Avengers. One is the introduction of Thanos, um, and then the shawarma scene is at the very, very end of Which it. almost didn't happen. They were, they were at the... What were they doing? They were all together for something. It wasn't a premiere, but it was something. And Whedon just had this idea. Yeah. And so he got all the actors in costume and shot this stinger thing for like but that they had already wrapped the movie oh and yeah because chris editing. evans had a beard and that's why he's got yeah, his, he's his, covering, uh, his hand face. covering up yeah. the thing yeah. but it's it's so great and seeing this again it goes on for like 30 seconds more than you think it's gonna go yeah. it's not yeah. just like you know a kind of little snippet of them doing it and like the woman in the back is like sweeping <laughs> up <and everything. laughs> yeah. it's a great scene it's, a, it's probably my favorite mcu end credit scene in terms of entertaining me yeah uh, and, and and it's not granted they do have another one that teases thanos but it's not in you know trying to tease a future movie it's not in a trailer for a future film it's actually connected to all the action i just saw that's the i think that's why i like this movie so much is that it's it's having fun mm-hmm. and it's not afraid like you said you, there's joy in that it's mm-hmm. not in the dark knight because the dark knight is a whole different animal but this one is just like, man, we got a bunch of really cool characters together, and we're pulling this shit off. Yeah. And it's probably one of my favorite things that Joss Whedon has done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Buffy fan, just, but like, he can he really got a hold of everything. Well, him. and just contrast the, the way the MCU handles all these characters in the action scenes here or in Infinity War. And there's joy throughout. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at something like Justice League, and you, the best you get is a, my man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, there's, the MCU is doing so much right, you know? I, I, yeah, and that's why that's why Wonder Woman was so good, is because she was having fun through a lot of it, too. And the film is having fun. The and Chris is Pine fun. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we be more like the MCU, DC. Mm-hmm. Just get off your high horse. I know. I think they're trying to be the anti they are. MCU. Well, they're, they're trying like, to be the Pepsi or the Coke or whatever. We've got to be just different enough. Right. But you know, people people like a little fun. Mm-hmm. Bring, yeah. bring it a turns little out fun. people want to have fun in, in <laughs> yeah. superhero movies. It's weird. The Stan Lee cameo <laughs> is uh, that after the invasion of New York and everything, there's a bunch of uh, news clips and it's going. All these things are going by, and one of them is this old guy at a, at Washington Square playing chess, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Superheroes in New York, ah, forget about it or whatever." <laughs> um, also, you get the cameo from uh, the little girl from Go- um, Wonder- Growing Pains. Oh yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. is it Michelle Johnson? Something Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Ashley. Johnson. Because she looks so much like Dakota Johnson that when Fifty Shades was becoming a thing, I thought for a sec for like half a minute it was the same girl, and she had parlayed her Avengers cameo into the leading role in a trilogy. She hadn't. Yeah. It. Hold on. So what is her cameo in Avengers? She's at a restaurant and she like runs out and says something like. Ah, yeah. but it's just that she's the little girl in growing pains. Yeah, the, yeah. the youngest daughter. Oh, I, mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't know how that all came to be. Interesting. Maybe Joss Whedon was just like a closet growing pains <laughs> nut, and was like, I've got to. Maybe if we look back, every single Joss Whedon movie has a cameo from like Boner is somewhere <laughs> yeah. in Cowboys or not Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> yeah, he's somewhere. <laughs> he's somewhere in uh, Buffy. Yeah. Who was your Who was your father? Sylvester Stabone. <laughs> <laughs> I love boner. <laughs> oh my god! <clears throat> All right. Okay. Um, so this this uh, ends phase one. We go into phase two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to ask: Are we at a place on time where we maybe want to just wrap up this episode after phase one and do some questions? 
We could do, do it. Because yeah, I don't so think we're going to get through phase two time-wise. No. And no. I wonder if that's just a natural starting spot. Okay, so why don't we just cut this into three phases then? Cool. So we'll just, we'll just keep doing this until... The MCU fans will eat it up. And I, this is fun. Yeah, it is fun. And yeah. with the and with the questions and everything, we can do something other than Marvel. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. People don't want to hear the Marvel stuff. And we get to um, it gives me more time to watch a couple more of these for the next yeah. discussion. Yeah, good um, deal. Because I really, if I if I'm gonna be a decent human being, I need to watch Winter Soldier and Civil War again before I discuss them. Because I only I saw them, do that too. I only saw them the one time, and then the sins writing, and they they need at least one more shake. Mm. By the way, one thing that I, I do want to talk about before we get into questions and we can and this doesn't have to be a long conversation. We can get into it deeper in the next one, but uh a lot of the the criticism that we heap on these movies is not knowing what people can do, like the powers and everything. It seems to change mm. uh movie to movie. Iron Man especially changes a bunch because Tony is constantly adding things to the suit and mm -hmm. making new suits. Um the the four powers i think have been fairly consistent through it, it through this first at least through this first couple of phases he's got a, a a variety of attacks that he uses one is the thing where he hits the hammer on the ground and it causes the big fucking shock wave mm -hmm. and everything he's used that several other times in the movie uh i know that when i saw it in the first thor i was like i don't remember him doing this other times but he does he does it several other times um and uh apparently the hammer can let him fly but then ragnarok kind of like starts muddying the issue with him and everything it's hard to figure out exactly what what's going on with mm -hmm. thor but up until that point it's been pretty consistent with him um but we don't know like my my main contention is we don't know what can do what damage to another person right uh it's not that they don't show us what they can do or what they're capable of but it doesn't show us like 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 an infinity war like when thanos shoots that thing at tony and tony throws that shield out and it and it stops it yeah why <laughs> you know yeah. Um, yeah. well we, we, we were talking earlier i was thinking okay so thor powered up at the end of ragnarok but like you said couldn't couldn't defeat hella yeah so hella is stronger than thor mm -hmm. but then that giant fire Skull Dragon guy is stronger than Hela. Oh, That's why they have yeah. to bring about Ragnarok. But let's say Hela and that guy, Surtur, are fighting Thanos. But Surtur, though, had to be at the Eternal Flame to get his power to beat Hela. But once he's once they put his crown in the Eternal Flame, uh -huh. he's more powerful than Hela. Yes, at that he point. grows super big and destroys all of Asgard. Well, then the, the question is: Is he really truly powerful than her? Because he ends up just taking a big, huge fucking building and slamming it on her. It's yeah. not. It's not really like one on one type of thing. But there. that's what we what we don't have here is what a video game would give you, which is the stats. Yeah. Right. You see the NFL players get all bent out of shape if the new Madden comes out and their stats aren't good enough. Like I'm faster than a 90 in speed. And if you've ever played any of these games, they go deep on stats, mm -hmm. deep, like dozens and dozens of different things that ultimately create this player's total ability. And we don't have any of that for these guys. So yeah. we don't know whose magic axe is stronger than whose magic hammer if they were both made by the giant dwarf. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and uh and so like uh you have you have all these different things that keep coming up you know like 
uh, Thor hitting Cap's shield and, and like, you know, causing the big, you know, he causes the big uh, shockwave with that too. But why doesn't the th- hammer destroy his shield or why, you know, like, why does it, yeah. why does it get sustained? There's parts in, in some other movies where Cap, Captain America is throwing his shield and it bounces back to him. But then there's other times where it just lodges into whatever it's going into. Mm-hmm. So how does he decide how, what kind of thrust is he throwing on those things where it's like, I want this to just, just slam into something and then oh well i'll throw it a little bit different this time where it bounces off of something well and see i think this is one of the areas where the the mcu caters to hardcore comic fans in great ways and because i'm not one of them i ask a lot of questions like this Mm -hmm. but and i think we even did a sin for winter soldier about the fucking boomerang of his shield because yeah. yeah. there's one scene where it like bounces off six different things and comes yeah. back to yeah. him but somebody said to me in the in the comics if you look closely at one scene there's a thing on his wrist and the comics talk about blah 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 and he can call it back to him by triggering this thing on his wrist or not if he doesn't want to and i'm like okay the movie does not explain that right and if you know it because you know the comic, it's the same thing with Tony's armor in Infinity War. He just says one throwaway line to Banner, nanotech, and we just believe yeah. it. <laughs> because, but the comics have ex- have better explained exactly what's going on with that nanotech, and the, the movies just kind of expect us to just go with it. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of miss that first Iron Man where we see him building the suits and tinkering with the suits, mm-hmm. and I've got to add this ability to the suit. Yeah, he's got to have like a stabilizer. Two more and movies, stuff, yeah. and it's just a new suit every time. New abilities every time. We're not going to stop to explain it. You just have to accept that Tony is smart, and every time you see Tony, he's going to have an upgraded suit. Mm-hmm. To the point where in Infinity War, he's got fucking Harrier jet engine things that pop out behind him and shoot missiles or shockwaves or something. And I'm like, it looks cool. Yeah, I would like to understand it just a little bit more, <laughs> just a tiny, just yep. yeah. And it would, and it, and a lot of times the rebuttal to that is, oh, well, then the movies would be three hours long. But no, you all you'd have to do is for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, just <We're>, you yeah. <laughs> know, we're about to get into this with the Last Jedi, but the Last Jedi moves from like a B minus to an A minus for me. If there's one scene where Luke to Ray or Yoda to Luke says. The force is changing and getting more stronger or something. Yeah. Or the force has always been able to do things you didn't understand. Because a lot of my beast with that movie is just magic shit happening that we never knew was possible. And Ryan Johnson's defense is, hey, we, it, it was there. It was possible. You just didn't know it. All, just tell me. Mm. Just give me one line of dialogue that says there are possibilities with the force you never imagined. Luke. Then Space Leia makes, se- Space Leia makes sense. Uh. Luke, Luke kind of says that to Ray, though. It's like uh, the the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi. It's everywhere and that kind of thing. We need to. That's why we need the Jedi to die is because we need to better understand it. So yeah. I think, uh, I think that uh, the movie could be a little bit more explicit. God yeah, damn true. it, that's true. Just just tell me, Jedi can do things you never knew. I got some or non Jedi people too, can yeah. fucking space float. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I obviously have issues. Yes. Uh, <laughs> although, okay, so we'll, I mean, we'll obviously get more into powers and stuff like that, but I think. For the most part, they tell us what they can do, just not the fe- the effect of them on others that yes. are strong and everything. And I and I did get into uh, not an argument, but a, sort of a, a a friendly back and forth about this on Facebook. And the explanations I was hearing, I was like, "Yeah, those are reasonable explanations, but they're not in the movie. Yeah. They're they're gap fillers, just like this whole thing with the shield that you're talking about." Mm-hmm. 
Like there's never been one spot where it says, well, he can call it back with this little thing that just takes and it one, t- two yeah, seconds exactly, to say. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're coming from. And so when we see these big battles, we want to know, we want to have this like, yeah, okay, he can do this. He can do this. He can do this. If this happens, we know that he might die from it. That type of thing. And yeah. we don't. It's more about mm-hmm. the relativity for me. It's just because mm-hmm. I think everybody's powers have been well-defined in their own lane, but it's, it's comparatively to the others, both heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. Who's stronger, Tony or Cap? Spider-Man stronger than all of them? Hulk stronger than all of them? Yeah. I don't know, because at times throughout the MCU, they all punch each other. Yes, they do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think everybody's punched everybody at, this, I, at, I think at some so. point. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll do it for phase one. We are going yeah. to break this into, because we talk a lot yes we do <laughs> we we make these things like all right well surely see i when i introduced this i didn't think there was any fucking chance we could get this done in two hours and uh and i was like well maybe but you have to go into a lot of stuff and everything you're basically reviewing all the movies again. Mm-hmm. so anyway we're gonna do phase two next time yeah and then we'll do phase three after that and actually we'll the one the after that Oh, will be, be a very special episode. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's right. That. We do have a special episode. <laughs> I guess, can, can we go ahead and say? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The uh, We're going to be uh, on not only the Maltons yes. podcast, Malton. but they're going to be on our podcast. We're going to have the return of Jesse Malton, yep. and I, her dad is this guy named Leonard Malton. What? Yeah, I think some people, I think he used to be famous. He used to- <laughs> 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 you know, It's going to be awesome. They're going to be in town for a festival and we're going to to chat with the Maltons. And we're going to swap shows. At least that's the plan. Yeah, yeah so we'll gonna, be on Malton on Movies. We're going to be yeah. show swingers. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then they will be on our show. That's right. Yeah, and it's great because it's coinciding with the Nashville Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of cool things we'll be able to talk to them about. Uh, but exciting stuff. And then we'll do Phase 3. Yes. And then we'll go to Maine. Yeah, exactly. Get back to the road trip. There'll be a road trip at some point, and you know what? There might even be a mailbag episode. That's right. There might be big plans for this thing. So this road trip is is on hold for now, but we've got a lot of other cool stuff that we're going to talk about. That's right. We will get back to it. All right. Well, uh, time to talk about some movie. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, man. Uh, Saw saw a new one uh, this past week. uh, Was from it's from Japan. Ooh. Um, Do they make French cinema in Japan? They do. (laughs) (laughs) They have the internet on computers now. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I watched a movie called Still Walking, and Mm. um, it is a uh, it is it is an intimate family drama. It's basically there's not much plot to it at all but it's these people are coming over to uh their parents house these uh, uh you know like 30 something year old people or whatever going over to their parents house and you're not quite sure what the what the whole deal is and everything but then you kind of find out that the brother and sister what their their brother died some years ago and that that somewhat affected them over the years and everything and the father is is uh is uh disappointed in the in the remaining son because he didn't follow in the family business and all that other type of stuff and um and so there's a lot of just like it's just a lot of conversation it's kind of like an almost an altman movie except Mm. without like except without uh, a lot of camera movement or like overlapping dialogue or anything like that. It's just usually camera stationary and it's people talking about, and there's so much food ties into this so much. I mm. love these type of movies, man, where they're like, people are always preparing yeah. something yeah. and then they're eating it and they're, t- and they're talking about it and all that. <laughs> and you're like, I wish I could have some of that stuff. I wish I could be a part of this family. And, uh, 
<laughs> and uh and so it's stuff like that but yeah it starts it starts very slowly kind of getting to the truth of it all and everything mm. and why they've come here and why they've why they're uh why everybody's uh you know sort of got this kind of like i just don't want to be here and don't want to do this and i'm depressed and i'm all this type of stuff and really well done really mm. well done so well I'm, speaking of japan uh, they have a Kurosawa movie yeah, on there right they now. They have Ron. On Ron, there. Yeah. have you seen Ron? Yeah, this was this was a, he came out with that in the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I did not see it on movie. I've seen it. I've seen it at our local Belcourt, mm. but uh, but yeah, that's a that's another uh, that's another one that you don't really think about with Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, a yeah. lot of times you think about a lot of his samurai pictures, and this is still a kind of a samurai picture. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's apparently something like a King Lear adaptation. Right, right, right. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I did see, so uh, they've started this collaboration, Mubi has started this collaboration with Nicholas Winding Refn, and that is uh, the correct way to say his name, really? by the way. See, wow. now, I would have never guessed Refn was right. Yeah. That was, that, that's that's the, how an American would pronounce that name. <laughs> it seems like that would be like Ren or, or Rayun or something like that. We the F has got to be silent, right? Yeah, There's no gotta, name. It's got to be a J. Yeah, <laughs> but he did, uh, you know, Drive. He did uh, Neon Demon. Only God forgives. Bronson. You like Neon Demon, right? Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> um, it's, the it's guys an, unlike anybody. It's else. an interesting movie. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I hate it. All of them are interesting. I mean, Drive is a weird he also, movie. He also did that one Valhalla Rising right. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a really interesting filmmaker, and Drive is probably the closest to mainstream he's ever yeah. made. Yeah, I think. I don't think there's anything closer. Probably to that. not. Um, but he's such an interesting. So he's he's curating movies on his own mm -hmm. and so movie has set up like a collaboration where he's he's looking into cult stuff he's looking into like you know cult movies not cult yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah cult. <laughs> right uh but yeah so i watched a, a movie that he had recommended called shanty tramp which is a bonkers movie oh, from yeah? the 60s it's about this in the southern town there's like a snake oil tent revival preacher that rolls into town and you know he's it, there's a lot of revival scenes in there and he's getting all worked up it's a great performance and this girl it's almost like a black snake moan type of thing she oh, yeah. just has to have it oh yeah and so she tries to hook up with the preacher and he's gonna get with her later on but in the meantime she hooks up with this black guy in this town where it's still you know very much frowned upon mm -hmm. um hooks up with somebody else like the, it's just this this weird thing and then the, the 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 town dynamics come together after they discover that she slept with this black guy and it's insane it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's got those six that 60s scene you know in uh 60s movies where a lot of them will like take a scene and so, show a bunch of people dancing yeah. at a at a club <laughs> yeah. and just doing these weird dances it's got one of those scenes uh but it was one that he recommended it's it's so good and it's again Nothing that I would find in my everyday life that would be recommended to me, but if it weren't for Nicholas Winding Refn and Mubi. Right, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it's easy when you come up with, you try to look for best movies of all time, you're going to get the same list over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's going to say Citizen Kane, Casablanca, or, or Godfather. Yeah. And, and then after that, you got a whole, like, you know, litany of other things. that Infinity War. Right, Infinity War, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Recently added to the AFI list. Um, but, um, 
but uh with with movie you're getting a getting a wider range of stuff from other countries from other eras mm-hmm. and everything that yeah you would never like if you typed uh, something into google like looking for best movies i haven't seen it's always going to be that same list movie doesn't give you that same list i know it's beautiful man and if you go to movie.com slash cinema sins you get 30 days free to try out this service that's not like that's nothing to sneeze at no man <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get quality cinematic recommendations and and go on this journey for 30 days for no money yeah and over that 30 days that will give you access to up to 60 different films mm-hmm. that are handpicked by the crew at movie we love this service there's a reason we keep talking about it um and uh we hope you guys will check it out. We think you'll like it too. It's awesome. Yeah. It's Mubi.com slash CinemaSins. So M-U-B-I dot com slash CinemaSins. 30 days free. Only if you go to that URL. So go straight to that and try it out. I, I really can't recommend this enough. Well, and you know, and here's another thing. a sort of a postscript to this ad. After having watched Infinity War twice in a row, and those were the last two viewings of movies that I had seen was Infinity War, going to watch something as quiet and as mm. straightforward as still <laughs> a walking, different. Uh, was a was a refreshing change of pace. So you're saying nobody in that movie grabs a moon and flings it down on top of a mm, bad guy? And Lord knows they did. You know they don't even try to do. Oh, that. Those bad. <laughs> Let's do some questions. You want to do a couple of questions? Ooh. A couple of few. Stick your A's in my queue. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. So this is we've got uh, an international question pool. This week. Hey guys, I live in Vancouver, BC. Listen to every one of your podcasts. That's not international. What are you talking about? Vancouver. Canada's America's hat. I'm just kidding. I'm making a. I'm making a ca- Canada is America joke. You, you said international. The first place you went was Vancouver. Yeah, that's right. Vancouver. The, the stand-in city for all filming. Well, uh, that's what this has to do with, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, love what you do. Uh, there are times of, of the year where you don't go a day without seeing a couple film crews here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. That being said, what are some of your favorite? canadian movies or mm-hmm. movies filmed in canada this is very interesting to me because i'm like oh there's gotta be a million i haven't seen a whole lot of canadian movies that are set in canada that are like canada centric and yeah. it was shocking to me yeah um yeah the first thing that came to mind was strange brew mm-hmm. which is a, a as I understand it, growing up in northern Indiana, that is a super Canadian movie and a well representative of the Canadian humor. Uh-huh. Um, there was another show that somebody I knew used to watch because they love Canadian humor. Red Green? was It wasn't SCTV, right? No, it was like, uh, it was this dude. It was the, the Red Green show. Somebody who's Canadian tell me what I'm talking about out there. Uh, anyway, uh, I never really liked Strange Brew because mm. um, it just seemed to be making fun of the way they talked. Yeah. More than anything. <laughs> Uh, so I actually wrote down for my favorite Canada movies, uh, uh, the the score and the whole nine yards. But both of those movies feel like they could be in America. Yeah, they just happen to be in Canada. Uh, I had no idea that they were in Canada. Yeah, the score is in. Um, fuck, I'm gonna screw it up. The score is in Montreal. Uh, I think you said uh, whole nine yards is in Montreal. Maybe they're both Montreal. Mm. Um, because I'm pretty sure wherever De Niro lives in the score is is in the. French Canadian portion of Canada, mm. where, and I think Montreal is. Yeah, it's Montreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, uh, I've talked about both of these movies before. Uh, the score is really, really fun. I got to see that for you guys, especially you, because you always talk about how much you like heist movies mm-hmm. um, and uh, capers, mm-hmm. and this is just a good one. And you got three powerhouse actors with De Niro, Brando, and Ed Norton, uh, and Angela Bassett. 
Uh, it's good shit. Yeah. Uh, and then whole nine yards is just fun. It's so fun that I can actually watch the second one, the whole ten yards, because of how much I enjoy the first one. That's a surprisingly fun movie, isn't it? The second one? No, the, the I guess both of them, but the first one in particular, because it, it just seems like one of your regular, like, you know, crime comedies and, and just, you know, standard people in it. But it's it's a lot funnier than that. It is. It, it, it's, it's, it's a farce, basically. And... and not enough movies try and take this direction with it. If you're if you're trying to be comedy, you don't usually go with the mistaken identity or rug pulled out from under the main character every other scene mm-hmm. kind of thing. You usually do more physical comedy or or verbal comedy. Uh, I don't I don't think Matthew Perry gets enough credit for physical comedy. No, uh, yeah, he's especially awesome. in this movie because a lot of the laughs, like there's that scene where he, he gets. Uh, he gets taken into the room and Bruce Willis is there and he's not expecting them and he like runs into this lamp and falls down and it's just it's all hilarious because he's working so hard to contort his body. I love the whole nine yards. That's rated R, right? Because yeah. it's got it's got some nudity. Man and to some... Pete comes out. Oh yeah, you're right. Naked. You're right. I think that really helps it put it over the top because the tits. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, you mean the rated R? It seems like these types of movies are rarely bold enough to go into r-rated territory yeah and it's not like the movie's a raunch fest or anything no. like that it's just like it's got a little bit more room to operate with the, with the violence yeah. and the, the 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 language and the nudity and stuff like that that just makes it a little bit more madcap yeah yeah. yeah 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 and that basically kevin pollack playing a character who his instructions from the director were we don't want to understand anything you say <laughs> he's so great <laughs> I, I love everybody in this movie. It's just fantastic. It's it really is. Cool. Yeah. Those are my two favorite Canadian okay. movies. Uh, okay, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and say Kids in the Hall. Okay. Um, because Kids in the Hall, so I guess they may have started in the late 80s, but like right in the 90s was where they were, uh, they hit their stride. And it was like Kids in the Hall, the state, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of the spiritual love child of SCTV and SNL and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the sketch Lauren comedy Michaels, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, the Canadian humor in Kids in the Hall is what really like makes it different from something like the state or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, Dave Foley and uh, Scott Thompson, those guys, like it, it's it's just hilarious. And then Brain Candy, uh, I don't know if it's set in Canada, but it's it's, it's super Canadian influence. So that's that's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what Kids in the Hall are. Where I learned, I didn't learn it from Strange Brew because again, Strange Brew and the like just seemed like minnesotan humor to me like, mm-hmm. like oh they talk funny okay uh but this was where i learned that canadians have a sense of humor that is just as unique and weird as british people uh, do you remember uh, do you remember the high five and white guys <laughs> i don't remember very many specific <laughs> sketches i just remember it was it was one of those shows that like everybody knew about snl mm. but if you but if you knew about kids in the hall yeah. you were extra cool <laughs> well, was on exactly. hbo that was another part of it was that it was on cable and, mm-hmm. and it, it could get away with some stuff you know so yeah, it's so funny yeah yeah the high five and white guys were literally high five and white guys they were they would <laughs> they ended one sketch where they're like <laughs> let's drive around in our convertible beamers blasting out huey Lewis in the news and then they all just high five <laughs> each other. so great <laughs> oh anyway man. and uh i had an actual movie but i think chris actually well yeah uh, this is the reason why i had one. you go first because just in case you did say this i didn't want to like you know mm. g- overlap it but uh adam agoyan has made two movies that i really really like sweet hereafter 
and uh, Exotica. I really like Exotica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Exotica's really good. Uh, Both of them have Bruce Greenwood in it. They're not playing the president. He's not the president? He's not the president. Um, The president of Canada? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is Exotica the one that... Gave us Mia Kirshner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mia Kirshner is a is a stripper in this, and Bruce Greenwood keeps coming going to it. And at first, you're like, "Well, I guess he's got a thing for Mia Kirshner." We all would, sure. Um, but then you find out that he's really there, just trying to get information about what's going on and everything. This is about a missing kid, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find the missing kid and everything. It's got um, such a cool vibe to it. Yeah, it really does. I, and and now when I watched it, I can't remember. I might have been. 17 or 18 when i watched this mm. a little over my head at that time mm. because i was wasn't used to movies like this uh but uh but yeah it's really really well done sweet hereafter is a devastating movie uh it's ian holm right yes yeah, yeah. what's adam mcgoyan been up to i don't know he, i think he still makes movies but i just just whatever i haven't I haven't seen anything since then i'm gonna google this man but the sweet yep. hereafter is about a bus crash and a, a school bus crash and uh ian holm comes in he wants to get a he wants to get a class action lawsuit with all the parents suing the school and and the bus driver and all this other type of stuff and uh so he's trying to get the stories from everybody and of course very much like a rashomon or whatever there's some different there's some different stories or whatever but and they're and they're reluctant to try to get in on this at first but uh everybody's got these stories and everything and and sarah polly younger sarah like she's 16 or 17 oh really um uh is in this and and people there's some things that keep changing throughout that uh that and sort of the truths the truths that are revealed in this movie about this bus crash because they want to blame they want to blame this bus driver and everything but you know they have to have some actual proof that he was going too fast and all that were they actually paying attention but uh it, that doesn't really do it justice mm. i just it it's one of those movies that i feel like you must see this it is devastating if you want to if you don't want to be sad <laughs> yeah don't watch it did this come out the same year as the ice storm cuz i have connected these two films together in my brain as devastating movies Made by young directors. Uh, let's see. Sweet Hereafter is 97. And Ice Storm is also 97. All right. So uh, I'm yeah. not crazy. No. Mm. All right. Good. Th- th- both of those movies are devastating. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. For different reasons. I yeah. Guess. Uh, it also has probably one of the, and I, ha- I hesitate to say coolest because it is a tragic event, but the way the bus crash is filmed mm-hmm. is awesome hmm. like and, and you would never wish this on people i don't want anybody to get <laughs> the up. way those children died was cool I, I don't want i don't want people thinking that it's like it's like the james spader crash and i'm like <laughs> jerking off to it and shit <laughs> everything about that is terrible oh, yes it is um but no it is it is i it doesn't have I, I I don't want to say anything about it because if I tell you even how it's shot, mm. then that will ruin your the the time the, the time that you have. So uh, that is a movie that I would definitely recommend. Hmm. Go and watch that. Good flick. Um, and then Sarah Polly herself made a movie called Away from Her, which is really good. Okay. Yeah. So I would I would recommend that. I as wonder well. if she's uh, from Canada. Oh shit! Yeah, she is. Okay. And uh, and a lot of David Cronenberg stuff is from there because he's. I from, know. Yeah, from I saw that. Can- from Canada. Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, land mm. of Canadians. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, let's move on here. Love the podcast, guys. My question all the way from England. Oh, jolly good. You sound like you're from London. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great scene. He's gushing blood. And he's like, uh, you sound like you're from London. <laughs> anyway, all the way from England. Uh, what or who do you feel is most out of place in a movie in terms of casting and the character? Um, this person's example always uh, that they always come to is Tobey Maguire in The Great Gatsby. Always felt like he didn't belong in that role or movie at all. I'm not quite so sure about that. I think he's he's okay in that, but I understand the the point. Man, I just thought of one that's better than what I wrote down. Oh, um, for a very specific reason, Russell Crowe in Lame Is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, his acting is fine. His acting is even fine for that role. Mm. But when he sings, and he can hold a pitch, but his singing style is completely out of place in that movie. Itinerary! Yeah. <laughs> I also wrote down Andy Garcia from Passengers. We've talked before yeah. about how they did film more stuff with him that got cut. But I was thinking about this last night. Whatever they filmed with him that got cut, they still hired too good of an actor for that role. Absolutely. Because 99% of the movie is done before Andy Garcia is going to show up, even if you use everything you shot with him. Like, what are, is there 15 minutes of movie, like, setting up a new society aboard the ship that has trees on it? Yeah. No, there were, like, two other reaction shots and maybe a line of dialogue, and you hired one of the greatest actors for this tiny, teeny, tiny role that was never very big. Anyway. I wonder how long actual, like, length of screen time that he gets. Because it, it feels literally like five seconds. It's it's longer than five, probably less than 30, and, and half of it is yeah, from behind. because they show him emerging from the door and then he's looking at all the shit that's yeah, growing he looks and up and we see from behind him all the other shit that had grown yeah. and it pans up while we hear jennifer lawrence how bizarre it's, i mean it's it's bizarre enough the lawrence fishburne stuff like yeah. he's way too good of an actor to get probably 10 minutes of screen yeah. time oh, yeah. and then they bring in fucking it garcia i mean how that movie looks slick as fuck i know they spent a penny know. on it uh but they spent a little extra with those two roles that they didn't have to uh, I'm going to say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Gangs of New York. Oh, that's an interesting uh, pick. Yeah. I like it. Um, I don't, I haven't seen this in forever. So maybe all of his work after this informs this is a better appearance or whatever. But uh, leading up to Gangs of New York, he had never done like this dirty role type of thing. He didn't ever have like facial hair. He was always a boyish Mm. type of character and everything and then when he did gangs it's, it felt like somebody who was like way too young who had not done enough stuff to earn being this kind of a character hmm. in the movie and i don't remember a fucking thing about him in gangs of new york other than his look yeah. and, and and most of that's because daniel day lewis is just eating up the entire thing but um i haven't seen this in forever and it could be i could be wrong now but i know that when i first saw gangs i was like this just doesn't work for me he just doesn't have that yeah i mean you you were only what five six years removed from titanic, titanic. uh he had done the island Is yeah he'd the... done the island uh, um, but he's always the he's, beach the beach yeah, yeah the beach <laughs> you guys yeah. said the island and i went <laughs> no he was on the beach and like uh the he had done he had done maybe darker roles but he was always very clean cut yeah i don't think i mean aside from maybe the man in the iron mask i don't think i'd even seen facial hair on this guy yeah well, um, and even the facial hair on him in Man in the Iron Mask looks like they glued it on yeah. oh, it's wispy as shit and it's wispy as shit in gangs of new york too <laughs> yeah and he had done all this stuff where he was just he was he was just very this 
youthful boyish look. He, and for a while there, I didn't think the guy aged. But of course, yeah, yeah, you yeah. look back, you look at him now and look at him back then. He's definitely got some heft to him now mm-hmm. uh, and some age and everything. But uh, but yeah, that movie back then, I wasn't quite buying right away. And, and maybe if I look at it now, be a different story. It's, it's more believable after seeing him and like the departed and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's more believable now because I went back about a year ago and watched it. And while the movie is much worse than I remember it being, the he's okay in it mm-hmm. um, because we've seen him in more like grittier shit. Yeah, but you can see him as this character. Yeah, I could see it a lot more than uh, than when I watched it the first time because yeah, you're still you still have that like Titanic growing mm-hmm. pains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's reference you- growing pains more on this episode than ever before. Yeah, my answer is the entirety of Alexander. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the oh. Oliver Stone movie about Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. You know what? I've never seen this movie. Oh well, you're you're that's good. <laughs> that yeah. is very good uh, because not only do you have Colin Farrell, a very heavily Irish dude. He's not Irish in the movie, but mm-hmm. he's Irish as fuck. As Alexander the Great, you have Angelina Jolie, who I think is like ten months older than him, as his mother. Didn't they also dye his hair blonde? uh yes he was blonde in this yeah so yes. that's another strike against it uh anthony hopkins is the narrator of this uh ptolemy i think is is his name and he's fine but everything about this movie is wrong starting with that whole angelina jolie and colin farrell thing oliver stone apparently took a lot of liberties with this story mm-hmm. and he essentially retconned alexander the great yeah <laughs> well, he's is- never taken those kind of liberties before i know but it's like Everybody was pissed off with him mm-hmm. uh, after this this movie. Well, yeah, and then there was also discussion because at the time people were like, "Well, Alexander was was uh, did a lot of gay stuff." <laughs> and, no, well, he's he's shown as being potentially gay in the movie. Yeah, but they they they're like they watered it down. Right, right, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Should I say that a different way? No, no, no. That's that's exactly oh, what okay. it is. You had people on both sides. Yeah. Where like historians are like, no, he he did all this gay shit. Right, like, right, he was right. gay as fuck. Yeah. And then you had people who were like no, 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 he didn't know. Alexander was all about the pussy and right, all that right, shit. Right, 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 yeah. But like, what did all these people say about goddamn greatest showman, huh? Did they open their mouth there about the retconning of the real Oh my God. P.T. Barnum? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Why do we give a shit about how Alexander the Great is coming off in modern movies, but we don't give a shit about that? People got their panties all up in a wad. The historians, the gay rights activists like the yeah. anti-gay people like <laughs> yeah you piss anti- off both the gays and the anti-gays <laughs> right. you've done yeah. something very wrong yeah <laughs> the uh, anti-oliver stone people but yeah this movie's a fucking mess man but it it's, just it's looked awful. it looked boring and terrible to me well, and i just uh, never wanted to see and it. there was a point where baz lerman was going to do an alexander movie with dicaprio i remember, I remember because that, yeah. of this he didn't yeah you know. yeah and then crazy. he did what instead gatsby i guess no he did um moulin rouge no, Mulan Rouge would have been before. He this. ended. He ended up doing Australia. I think. Oh, um, I don't because Australia came out a, maybe a couple years after this. But he was going to do Alexander. Then he just sort of like he didn't do anything. Just mm. and and then I think Australia was his next. That's one. like when uh, Stanley Kubrick was going to do that Napoleon movie, and had everything oh, yeah. like the the. The lots rented and like the costumes all done. Danny DeVito hired. Danny DeVito's hired. But then another Napoleon Bonaparte uh, movie came out and tanked at the box office and uh, or, or was critically reviled or something like that. And he decided, I'm not going to do it. 
it's interesting is, because now nobody makes those decisions anymore. Now right. they're like, oh, there's another movie exactly like my White House <laughs> destruction movie. I, it's on, bitch. Look forward. Yeah. <laughs> there's another volcano movie. Let's do it. No, no one stops anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's a good one. You brought this up in a, a recent podcast. What would be an actor or actress that plays themselves in every movie? Best nominees for this person, Al Pacino, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Melissa McCarthy. Now, that especially that last one mm-hmm. um, I'm yeah. down with. Al Pacino... Seems like he's trying to switch it up at the end of his career here, or towards the end of his career. Yeah, I, it's 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 tough with Pacino. You know, he's done just enough to where it's not always the case, mm. but still, yeah. I mean, yeah. it kind of from is. sin of a woman to devil's advocate. Yeah, <laughs> it was basically the well, same. Well, I've one. come to this place in my life where I've realized that whether or not I enjoy Kevin Hart depends pretty much entirely on what's going on around Kevin Hart. Yeah, because Kevin Hart is playing pretty much the same guy in Central Intelligence that he's playing in Welcome to the Jungle, Jumanji. Mm-hmm. But I found him funny in Jumanji, and I found him grating in Central Intelligence. Yeah. So if there's a good enough movie with good enough comedy around him, it works. But I don't think he's mixing up what he does from movie to movie. No. I think his his what makes him funny is the same every time you see him. Uh, he picks his spots, or they pick his spots in in Welcome to the Jungle. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. There's like thirty percent less of him. When Central in Intelligence didn't have anybody but him and The Rock, and they didn't have a good script, right? So <laughs> comedy just became him hemming and hawing. That's not funny. Anyway, Kevin seen, Hart was my nomination. Have you seen that new J Cole video with the, called Kevin's Heart uh, that he's in? This uh, I would strongly recommend this. I haven't seen a music video, video since I wrote for music video since. <laughs> what this is is it's a J Cole song that's really really good, but it follows Kevin Hart as as Kevin Hart um, as he's going about his business, like he's driving to the grocery store and then he's going to to uh, a restaurant and like going into the bathroom and stuff like that. But it's based on apparently I didn't even know this. Like he cheated on his wife and mm-hmm. apologized on Instagram. Yeah. So like everybody knew about all this stuff and it's Kevin Hart. Like he's at a stoplight and people are looking at him disapprovingly. And he's like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the grocery store and it, as he goes to check out the entire store is looking at him yeah. and like they're shaking their heads disapprovingly. <laughs> and he ends up going to the, the bathroom in this restaurant, this long row of urinals. And this guy walks right up to the one right beside him and starts peeing. He's, he's like Kevin, man, you did some weird shit right there. <laughs> it's funny. It's awesome. Does it pay off? It. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, is he essentially the way you've described it to me makes it sound like Kevin Hart wants a little sympathy for no, no, no. taking all the shit after he admitted cheating on his wife. Yeah. He well, the way he plays it off. First of all, it's a super muted performance. He's not doing any of his manic shit or anything like that. I don't. He barely has any dialogue in this. Uh, he he basically is like. Why is everyone looking at me and judging me right now? He's not asking for sympathy. He's just like, what the hell? Why Why is this like a topic of concern hmm. for everybody? Interesting. I, well, it didn't if come you put it on Instagram like and you're famous, that might be why people are talking about That's it. That's true. That's true. I'm just saying. It's a good video, though. Um, I'm going to say Tom Hanks. Um, Interesting. He does sort of play Tom Hanks everywhere. Yeah, he sure does. Um, Tom Hanks uh, is, I mean, yeah, there's not... There's there's a couple of roles where he's not really playing, and Philadelphia is the mm-hmm. one that comes to mind where he really does play a different character in that. Um, even in that, though, there's still shades of Hanks, like other roles in that and everything. But for the most part, you get Hanks, that's what you're getting. What do you think about Forrest Gump? 
Um, that's that's a different version of. It's Hanks with the accent. With an accent, yeah. Yeah. The, the only movie I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think. The only movie I think he's not playing Tom Hanks is Cloud Atlas. <laughs> it's only because that movie intentionally puts its actors in really weird yeah. costumes and makeup jobs, like intentionally. Like, like what's his name? Red Skull's playing a female nurse. In- <laughs> Red Skull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I, I remember the Tom Hanks on that boat. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie or even remember it. But it's there's the true, a, true. There's, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the true, true Tom Hanks is actually the most Tom Hanksian of any of the characters in that film, mm-hmm. even though he's speaking with an accent. Tom Hanks with an accent. Mm-hmm. But on the boat, he's like got rotted teeth and he's evil and he's poison, slowly poisoning Jim, not Jim Broadbent, Jim 21 Jim. Oh, Sturgis? Sturgis. I love how fast you can get there when I brain fart. <laughs> because I just I can throw out random shit, and you guys always know who I mean. Um, anyway, that is not Tom Hanks on that boat. He creeps mm. me out. Gives me the willies. Interesting. Sorry, I hijacked your answer to the question. But no, there's a lot. I mean, there are a few that you can say that he's, he's a little bit different. Or but whatever. it's a few. But it's, you know, the other ones that you think of when you think of Hanks, Sleepless in Seattle, Splash, Big... Um, even saving private ryan saving private ryan you've got mail mm-hmm. you're getting tom hanks and that thing you do and his yep. basically a glorified cameo in that but um but uh but that's what you get most of the time the other one i wrote down is john cusack i think you can say cusack more than hanks even i agree uh cusack is generally always the same no matter what yeah i love his shtick i i actually enjoy his role in 2012 i don't like the movie mm-hmm. but like where he's a limo driver and the Russian guy calls him up and he's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm hurtling to you at uh, top speed. And he's like in the house. No. Yeah. (laughs) I like his thing, man. No, I like John Cusack a lot, but you're right. I I never really put him in that category, but you're totally right. He's playing John Cusack and everything. Uh, Okay. So I've got two of them. The first one is unfortunately Kate McKinnon. Ah, Uh, Kate McKinnon is, I think way too talented to be in the hole that she's in it's almost like kevin hart yeah we're like she's super manic she's gonna be the oddball it's it looks like this spy who dumped me is gonna be more of the same ghostbusters it's like she's the raunchy one that that is manic and weird and stuff like that and i hope she breaks out of it like we had talked about it before where like we think she's got some chops maybe dramatically like a Kristen wig type of Mm -hmm. thing and Mm -hmm. skeleton twins She's got to find a vehicle probably soon for that's for that to yeah that is like skeleton twins or something like that because yeah. it's getting now to the point where I've seen Kate McKinnon in enough movies where she always has to do that thing <laughs> that she's known for even in Ferdinand yeah. she was doing the same yeah, thing she's doing that Ferdinand thing all the time <laughs> yeah, exactly. and she has that cadence in everything she says and it's, so that's where we're getting at like I, it, that was fine for a while mm-hmm. now we're getting to the point where this is like all the time yeah her. imagine if if all um you just said her name Kristen Wiig imagine if all Kristen Wiig had ever done was that I have a story about that too character from yeah yeah, yeah Gilly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I did that too and I was number one in the world mm-hmm. um, if that was all she ever did from a com- comedy standpoint then she would have well she'd be gone mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah what's weird is that even like the super talented ones like uh like Bill Hader I was listening to and it, on the Maltons actually Bill Hader was mm-hmm. saying like even though I was successful at SNL and in some movies and things like that. I couldn't get these dramatic roles. Mm. Like nobody was coming to me with these 
with these scripts. And it was just a happy accident that he got skeleton twins. And based on that, that's how he get ended up getting Barry and, and uh, different things like that. Skeleton twins? Mm-hmm. You guys have said that twice, and I don't know what that is. It's a movie he did with uh, Kristen Wiig where they're brother and sister, and I guess they're twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. All right. That makes sense. I just yeah, never heard of that movie. It's a, it's a very different uh, uh, type of movie for him, and for her, too. And the other one that I came up with is Jeff Goldblum. I think we can all yeah. agree that starting at least at Jurassic Park forward, he's been Ian Malcolm slash Jeff Goldblum. I mean, oh, even everything. if you go back to the 70s, though, he's, I mean, even in the the, the little cameo he has in Annie Hall where he's like, he's yeah. like, He's like, uh, he's calling up whoever, and he's like, I've forgotten my mantra. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and like, yeah, stuff like that. And the fly, that's where he really, I think, where he really starts Jeff Goldblooming out. That's another Cronenberg. I guess, by the way. yeah, he kind of does in, in the fly. I was thinking that that was a little bit earlier for him, but yeah, I guess mm-hmm. he still had those mannerisms back. Mm-hmm. But like right around really like Independence Day is yeah, where he solidifies yeah, that, all that. That whole like, that we love the gold bloomism type yeah. stuff started happening around yeah. then yeah well that'll do it for this week uh we'll get back to some more marvel action yeah baby uh next time and we'll also have uh we'll have a, a maltons uh episode Woo-hoo! coming up Woo-hoo! but um uh, keep going to uh sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh, tons of comments this week on the mini pod on the infinity in infinity pod indeed yeah. lots of people have come in and uh, given their two cents about it. it seems to generally be positive about mm-hmm. the movie and uh, about what we said about it i mean there's obviously some some things that people like get all upset about and stuff but we also covered a range of opinions on that movie mm-hmm. too. we sure did i mean not on purpose obviously but mm-hmm. um yeah yeah uh but uh yeah keep going to soundcloud keep going to twitter reddit there's a lot of ways to talk about this episode and many more but uh that'll do it for this week's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com They shoot and it just goes in no yeah. matter what. Like you see the penguins do that a lot. Mm-hmm. We're like the penguins. It doesn't matter what happens. Like used they, to be the black they never get one of those. They it, it, When they're on those rolls like that, it doesn't matter where they shoot the puck. It just finds a way in. It's like fucking flubber or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> flubber. <laughs> fucking flubber. <laughs> got a fuck ton of comments for the Infinity War thing. Mm-hmm. It's only the biggest movie ever. That's true. Yeah, and it made it on Tuesday alone. It fucking made twenty three million dollars. Jesus Christ! What so is it, do you, what is it I'm beginning to, to think this might hit. This might hit seven hundred million before Deadpool comes out. Wow! Can you imagine? I know. That's just insane. well, people are seeing it like three or four times That's over true. the last week. That's true. Fucking insane. Because it, there's and and the, just the fact there's nothing else coming out that mm. is going to remotely touch this. And that people generally like it. I think it's probably only going to drop like 40% next weekend. Right now it's 305 million. Yeah. And 840 worldwide. Yeah. And it just keeps making like 20 million on a, on a weekday. Fuck me. It's already made its money back in domestic gross. Mm -hmm. I assume it was about 300 million in less than a week.
in less than a week. Yeah, yeah. that's insane. So you're not going to see it again. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go to the theaters and see it again, right? I'm. A, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. But that I don't think that statement carries the weight it would if a normal movie goer said that. I think I'm less likely to go to a movie twice in the theater than the average person. Yeah, yeah, sure. Even one that I liked a lot. Mm. Game Night is the is the only movie I've seen twice in theaters since Jesus. I can't even remember. It's before Cinema Sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I guess it was Force Awakens. I and the only reason I saw Game Night twice was that I saw it once with my brother and liked it and knew my wife would like it. And I wanted to take my wife to mm-hmm. it. And we wanted to have a date night. So we went to that. But yeah. ordinarily, I'm, ordinarily, my mindset is such that if I'm going to spend two hours doing something, I want it to be something I haven't done already. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be something new. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I also didn't like it enough that I'm going to be like, yeah, yeah. I got to go back. I mean, I'll, the moments that I liked will play just fine on my Blu-ray. What what's funny is that uh, after we saw Infinity War on Thursday, we were supposed to have a date night with with my wife on uh, on Friday night, and she was like, "Oh, let's go see a Quiet Place," and I was like, "Oh shit, I haven't seen that yet. That'd be a, a great idea." And it was at the theater like up until then, but then Infinity War took over like, all the screens. Oh no, I was gonna say, <laughs> did you like, like a Quiet Place? Uh, I didn't see it. Yeah, bummer. Did, did you see it? You haven't seen no, it. Yet. I haven't seen it. Yet. You saw it, right? Yeah. You you really liked yeah. it. Yeah, that's still probably I my can't favorite wait. movie of the year. I'm expecting still. it to be really outstanding. Mm-hmm. Jonathan texted me, said he went to the Belcourt and saw The Endless. Mm, he said it's like one of his favorite movies of the year. I haven't even yeah, heard of it. I have to watch it. The Endless? The Endless. Endless. En- endless. E-N-D-L-E-S-S. Like Endless Love? Yes. <laughs> My Endless Love! <laughs> yes, My exactly love. like My that. My Love! Did you guys see the, uh, the Deadpool Celine Dion thing? Nope. They posted a music. Celine Dion is on the Deadpool soundtrack, and they they posted a music video today, and it's her out there in like this this gown on the stage and everything, and she's singing dramatically, and the Deadpool comes out and starts dancing behind her. Oh, really? <laughs> it's funny. <as> shit. <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> I also saw the new Robin Hood trailer. There's a new Robin Hood. Yeah, somebody what? wrote a tweet saying something like. Uh, like here's a guy pitching the studio or whatever he's like all right i'm thinking robin hood and the studio's like go on and he's like nothing just like every other fucking robin hood and then the studio's like here's a hundred million dollars didn't ridley scott just do one like five years ago yeah it was, it was ridley uh it was a russell crowe yeah i actually no i never saw that one yeah. was it any good no yeah i never saw it either because even that one was too much mm-hmm. yeah. jesus act X Christ? Yeah. Jesus X, X Christ. X Christ. I just came up with a new expression. Somebody, mm. I was reading an article and somebody said Jesus H God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, TJ Miller uh, was an office Christmas party. It was like, shut the fuck door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the funniest part of that movie. <laughs> shut the fuck door. <laughs> all right. Do I have all my shit pulled up? Yo, shit. I like when he goes to the bathroom. And there's a doodle on there of his sister having sex with him. And he's like, incest and rape? <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> Are we on Vox? <laughs> God, I've been watching the shit out of Apollo 13 lately. I love that movie. I haven't well, seen it in forever. It's been playing on Showtime or Cinemax, one of them. God, I, they all run together. It might as well just be all one big movie channel. Uh, but it just like 
within the last week, it started running a heavy rotation, and every day I've been catching parts of it. It's just good his, shit. Uh, when he's like, are we on Vox? And they're like, we are not. And he's like, okay, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that exact thing at my old theater um, where I would be in the office and the phone would ring. And I don't know, I, I get annoyed with phones ringing in general so like anytime especially in a day where it's just like a constantly fucking ringing or whatever but if there were people in the office with me i would be the phone would start ringing and i'd be like what and i'd answer the phone and be like williamson square eh? <laughs> is that guy's middle name wind windings <laughs> yes windings <laughs> this guy's middle name is a microsoft font yes windings. nicholas windings griffin that's right well, I, I always just assumed it was winding. I and, did too, yeah. And, and it's, of course it's winding. Yeah. because you, I'm glad I because, figured that out. Because that's a verb. You can wind something. Yeah. <laughs> we, were out, we were out winding yes. and collecting apples. <laughs> collecting apples. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's a spoiler, I guess. <laughs> Mindstone is later. Yes. There's a, you know there's some Marvel people out there going, God! <laughs> well we're gonna cut some of this we're gonna cut some of this down i'm sorry man. Yeah. there's gonna be some cut down here but yeah just a, a, yeah the uh what are they calling extremists? it the, the extremists yeah uh i was about to say tardis <laughs> <laughs> um, 